Hey y'all, this is Daniel Kyrie. I play Darren Ritter on Chicago Fire, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shyhards, welcome to Meet Us at Molly's episode 129. Today we are covering episodes 11, so Med 511, Fire 811, and PD 711. As always, my name's Gina. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. You know, we've been tweeting all week that we have more news than we've ever had in our lives, and it's completely true. We have two full pages of news that never happens. And it's, like, not even all TCA stuff, either. It's, like, a lot of stuff that's not TCA-related, which is, like, shocking. It's bananas, I know. Um, The TCA is, for those of you who don't know, it's the Television Critics Association. um, And they have meetings, I think, twice a year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, they do one in the winter and then one in the summer. summer. It's fall. like August. Yeah. yeah. It's like August. Yeah. And if you're a TV lover like we are, it is Christmas. It's Christmas. Yeah. Twice a year. It's the best because all the TV journalists go and they all live tweet what happens because each network kind of has its own day and they all like live tweet and blog and it's pretty much the best. Pretty much the best. Yeah. So, pretty much. Yeah. So this past weekend, NBC sent Yaya DaCosta, Jesse Spencer, and Patty to TCAs to represent One Chicago. And they did, like, a bajillion interviews apiece. And that's about it. Can you say, I love how you just, we were like, you had to make it so formal with Yaya and Jesse. And then you're just like, and Patty. <laughs> I just love that. Side note, I just love that. Uh, yeah, and Patty. And Patty. I know. Angelica, okay. Eliza, and Peggy. and patty and patty um yeah so we'll get to the tca news in you know 30 minutes however long it takes us to get through the rest of this news but we have so much oh my god okay so we're gonna start off with the episode descriptions for episodes 12 so these are the ones that are going to air this coming wednesday we're going to start off with med med's episode is entitled leave the choice to solomon here we go so the team deals with the aftermath of a school bus crash Dr. Charles worries Dr. Halstead is putting his medical license in jeopardy, and Maggie helps a friend in need. You know what I call this episode? What? Wednesday. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to experience some kind of PTSD from this episode, though, with my school bus crashes. Oh, you have told that story before. (laughs) That's right. I've been in two. The only crashes I've ever been in my life were school bus crashes. I've been in two. My God. Yeah, you have told that story before. I can't remember when, though. It was when the girls did the road trip episode, the <gasps> fire girls. You it's in that correct. episode, whatever episode that is. Um, yeah, I told my stories, but like, I feel like I'm going to experience some kind of PTSD from that, from this. Oh my God. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I just, yeah. I saw a really great tweet today about Will and somebody was like, Will always puts his license in jeopardy. Like it's kind of his favorite thing in the world to do. It was just so sarcastic and so perfect. You know, Will just is bored if he's not, you know, risking his license and his entire career. I don't know. Yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, oh, yeah. pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, Bryna, take us through fire. Yeah. So fire is called Then Nick Porter Happened. Um, and its description goes, 
A series of false alarms at a private school hinders the firehouse's ability to respond to legitimate emergency calls. Kid asks for ideas to surprise Severide on his birthday. Cruz and Brent Brett rent out their extra room, but the new tenant is more than they bargained for. So Kelly's a January baby. Yes. Good to know. Noted. Um, Cruz and Brett renting out the extra room. It's Foster, right? I don't know. I mean, I know they talked about it, but I don't know. I feel like they would have said, like, the new tenant. I feel like they would have named Foster if that was the case. I feel like over hiatus, somebody leaked a call sheet on Twitter. And one of the lines in there, it said something about, like, a C slash B slash F apartment. And everybody just kind of deduced it and was like, Cruz, Brett, and Foster? Well, and, like, how much longer is it going to be Cruz's apartment? Yeah, that's a good question, too. Like, Cruz is going to have to move out at some point. Right. And some point being in the next few months, because, you know, he's getting married. I had the saddest what if the other day, and I didn't tell you to save it for the pod. Oh, no. What if Lily is part of Chloe's wedding party? You've told me that before. I have? (laughs) You told me that, like, I want to say in December at some point. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I repeat (laughs) headcanons when they come to me in random places, like the car and the shower. (laughs) What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Sorry, I couldn't resist. (laughs) But, yeah, you've told me that one before. It's a good one, though. I mean, it's sad as hell, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, don't know. We shall see. So, Severide strikes me as the type that hates parties. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I feel like he doesn't want to make a big deal of himself. Like, he hates being celebrated. But he's so dreamy. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he is. PD, the episode is called The Devil You Know. It says, Voight makes a deal with Darius Walker to help bring down a rogue group of dirty cops dealing drugs that were supposed to be destroyed. Upton clashes with Voight and enacts her own form of justice. Haley. You go, girl. Damn. It's also worth mentioning that Jay is back at full strength as per the promo pictures. Yes. 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 And I've also said this before. I just, I love that they're actually going for the Darius Walker stuff. Like, they said he was going to be a recurring character and he was going to pop up all the time. And, like, he's really popping up, like, all the time. I kind of like it. I mean, I like Darius Walker. I don't know if that's weird, but I like him. Maybe it's because I like Michael Beach, but villains in past seasons, like, um, Woods, I hated him. But I like Darius. I think it's because Darius isn't necessarily, like, a full villain. Yet. Like, he's not after intelligence. Whereas Woods was after intelligence. Yeah, that's true. So he's just kind of like an anti-hero. He's not a villain, though. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, and I think he plays a good foil to Void. Yeah, and they're not at each other's throats. Like, they know that they're foils to each other, but they find a way to make it work. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's so... Good. I'm glad to see him back. Indeed. Next bit of news is from TV Guide. We've got a lot of news from the same sources this week, so we'll come back to TV Guide at some other point. Just wait. Brace yourselves for a potential Roman and Burgess reunion in Chicago PD's crossover event. Do we have to? 
<laughs> yes. As we all know now, yes, that is confirmed. He is back. So, yes, it is confirmed. Roman is returning for the crossover in episode 15 that airs on February 26th. And this article basically speculates as to why he's coming back. But we later learned that the real reason is because this crossover has to do with a batch of bad drugs, basically. And Roman's sister is involved. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that's from not that news is not necessarily from TV Guide. That one was that piece of news is from Give Me My Remote. Just trying to give people proper credit. Give Me My Remote really did the Lord's work this past week. Yeah, Marissa's awesome over there. Yeah, she does a lot of good Lord's work. Stuff. Not to take away from Emily because Emily always does the Lord's work, but multiple multiple shyhards can do the Lord's work. Yeah, Marissa's been great over there this week. Um, but yeah, that came from her. So, mm-hmm. so. Over on Give Me My Remote, um, they expand a little bit. They talk to Rick Ide, and Rick basically said that Roman will spend most of the PD episode with Burgess and Platt, the two people he was closest to. So he said that the Burgess-Roman relationship gets explored in depth, and you can see that there's still some issues between them and how they left and that they're not in contact, and all of that comes up. Listen, I'm just saying that the last time Roman came to town... He meddled and Burzik fell apart. Now is not the time for history to repeat itself. I know. I'm so curious to see, like, what he has to say to the fact that Burgess is pregnant and just, like, all of that, too. I know. know. Especially, you know, the conversation they had last night, too, which we'll talk about with, like, Burgess being like, you know, I don't want to be together right now because, like, I think we're better as family. Like, that just that whole situation, too. Like, it'll be interesting to see how that plays into the Roman part. And, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. And Brian's been posting, Brian Garrity's been posting some behind the scenes content, which is awesome. Like, thank you. Um, I think he posted a still filming the other day with Taylor Kinney and Melissa Ponzio. So Donna Bowden sighting. Nice. Love that. It's been a long time. I haven't seen her in a very long time. It really has been a long time. Yeah. Um, but that's great that she's around. Um, he posted another, like an Insta story the other day that was like him holding a gun about to go into like a burning building. I was like, okay. I'm confused, but that's cool. Um, and Marina's been posting him, too, because yeah. she was posting today. He was in a church, so maybe a funeral? Yeah, th- yeah, there is definitely a funeral going down on PD. I'm not scared. We've, we've been through too much, so I'm, I'm not scared right now. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be any of us, any one of our, like, main people. So I'm not worried. I'm sitting on my couch, so I have no- nothing to reach out to that's wood to, like, knock on. But, yeah. Yeah. Also, I kind of love how Marina told people at Con this news, like, months ago. And now it's like, oh, it's actually happening. Well, what about at the Molly's party when Brian came by our table for literally 0.2 seconds? And in that 0.2 seconds just said, I'm coming back. And we all looked oh, at each yeah, other and we were like, that. what? I forgot about that. Yeah. Now, I remember yeah, TBT. I remember hearing from Khan that Marina told her meet and greet that Roman was basically going to tell Ruzik to like pull it together and be there for her. Yeah. I just, I, I, I have questions. I have feelings. I just love how we knew about this a long time ago and now it's like actually happening. Oh yeah. Like, oh, okay. The entire fandom, the day that broke, we were like, that's not news. <laughs> yeah. We've known. <laughs> we've known for a while but yeah, yeah so uh, we've got a lot going on so Brian will you take us through the next article 
Yes. So this was another TV Guide article. Um, There was an interview with Derek. And basically the title says, Chicago Fire Bosses, more Casey and Brett moments are coming soon. Um, And so Derek had a quote in there saying, you know, this Gabby hookup gives Brett pause about where they could potentially go. But sometimes, you know, circumstances force you into closer proximity than normally. So basically, like, we're going to see more Casey and Brett. Um, Also, apparently on the Cruz and Chloe front, the wedding is set to take place towards the end of the season and at a site that hasn't been used before. They apparently wanted to try something that's very unique and Stella is going to be part of the wedding party. So that's exciting. Somewhere very unique. Okay, what is the location in Chicago that would be totally Joe and Chloe? I don't know. I don't know enough about Chicago. That's not stuff they've already done. That isn't stuff they've already done. What if they get married, like, what if they make some part of the Carbide and Carbon building all nice? Because that's where they met. Yeah, but they've already done that before. That is, okay, they've used that before, yeah. As in, they set it on fire before. Hmm. (laughs) Something very unique. They wanted to try something very unique, and it's at a site that hasn't been used before. A site. Okay, so maybe it's, like, somewhere scenic in Chicago, like an iconic spot in Chicago. Have they shot at Wrigley yet? Oh, my God, Wrigley, because her dog's name was Rizzo. Have they shot? But I feel like, have they... They shot at Wrigley, didn't they? No, Soldier Field. I could have sworn they shot at Wrigley too. No, but now, yeah, now that I think about it, that that season finale they had—that was the year my miracle season. That that was a baseball team that they were, but I don't think it was Wrigley. But it wasn't the white. Uh, I'm I, saying I confused myself. I'm trying to look it up. Let's see. Chicago Fire TV show. Let's see. Okay, well, so they had Cubs players on Chicago Fire. I'm trying to see if this was at Wrigley Field. I think it probably was. Or the bean. Well, no, they've shot at the bean before. Um, yeah, I think so. They've had. I think they did. I think that was the same season. The mirror. You're my miracle season. Ooh, or the observation deck at um, what's that big building? The one where we stayed right by there. We went to that Starbucks like every day. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the the. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name of it. Is it the John Hancock building? No, that's a different one. It's a different observation deck. It's the other one. I think. Yeah. But still, um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. Cruz and Chloe's wedding location bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, also Stella being part of the wedding party, that's great because Severide is obviously best man, so they can make hard eyes at each other across the aisle. It's going to be great. All I'm saying is that that wedding had better go off without a hitch. I know. It... it... <sighs> It makes me nervous thinking about it. I'm not going to think about it. Those two have been through enough. And we all, as a fandom collectively, deserve like five minutes of a nice thing. Yeah. But actually, though. Let them have a nice wedding. 
So we also had an article from Hollywood Life, and this is another one with Jesse Spencer, and it's Jesse Spencer teases Casey and Brett's growing connection. It will be a slow burn. Yeah, but I mean, this I mean, is, I love a good slow burn, but like, I just want it to happen already. I know this is like a really, it's like a painstakingly slow burn. The only thing, the only notable thing from this is that Jesse said that he considers the Dossie hookup closure, which I found interesting because I took it as anything but that. I think he also said that to Emily in an interview he did with Emily too, which is also about Casey and Brett. I think he's been saying, he said that a lot. Like that was his like word at TCA's this weekend. It's like, yeah, closure, closure, closure. Uh, like, I've seen that a couple times. That was not closure. If anything, that was a power play on Gabby's part. So you side with Derek, because Derek has said kind of the opposite of what Jesse said, which is ironic. Yeah, which is totally ironic. But I I feel like if I am Brett and I'm in the middle of this midseason finale and I see Gabby come back, I'm taking a step back. Because I know that even if I fall for him... All it's going to take is his ex-wife coming back to town to lure him away. Well, and that's what I think she did in the midseason was she was like, oh, and that's why she was the bigger person was like, no, you know what? You should go to the gala or whatever it was. Yeah, then it was it was not closure. It was a dot, dot, dot. But in some ways, I see where he's coming from. I don't think it's like final closure per se, but I think it was closure maybe on that chant like that chapter mm-hmm. of the relationship like they finally got to like have like one last good moment before like she left again for good or for good this time or whatever whereas because you know before it was kind of like oh like she came back or she like went on a temporary hiatus to puerto rico and then she came back for like a hot second and then left again but like this was like oh no like we can actually enjoy each other and then like i'm going mm-hmm so I see where he's saying it's closure in one hand. I just don't think that it's like closure forever. Cause like you said, if they were, to, if she were to ever come back and be like, I'm moving back to Chicago, it'd be like, okay, maybe we have to revisit this. Yeah. I mean, what if, what if Casey and Brett start a relationship and then all of a sudden Gabby moves back to Chicago? Like Brett's going to lose Casey like that. I mean, I guess you can never say never, but like, yeah, probably. I guess it would depend on how serious Brett and Casey are. I just found that a little weird. And Twitter was, like, exploding about it this week, that Jesse said one thing and Derek said the other. Yeah. But, I mean, again, I think maybe closure isn't the right word. I see what his point is. I just don't know if I would have used the word closure. Right. Right. Unless you use, like, a close the book on that chapter of their relationship, which then, yes, that is technically correct. And I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you can say closure as in, like, they're never going back there. Right. Right. So. Will you take us through the next bit? Yes. So another Give Me My Remote um, interview was with Rick Ide. Um, it was about them teasing Berzik. Um, and so we and we kind of got a little bit of this answer in the episode that we're going to talk about. But basically it was Rick Ide saying, you know, like, Berzik's pregnancy really alters the way they look at their relationship because obviously like you're not inextricably tied for the rest of the time so they're trying to figure out what that means like is it going to be romantic are you going to live together are you going to co-parent like and apparently they're going to really get into all of that which is exciting I so. I have feelings about this because the save it save it <sighs> okay mm, fine I feel like it fits better with the episode save okay. it okay okay I will 
there was a tweet that came out of TCA's. Um, there, a lot of news from TCA's came out in tweets, which was really interesting. But again, it's like TV Christmas. I mean, the other networks had their stuff going on. It just it, TV Christmas, just news everywhere. And so, um, Vlada Gelman, is she? She's not TV guide, is she? Is she TV line? She's TV line. TV, she's line. TV line. Yeah. So, she also does the Lord's work. Also, yes, so many. We should do a follow Friday just for people who do the Lord's work. <laughs> but actually, though. Actually, though, yeah. So, um, on CBS's day, on whatever day CBS went, Vlada tweeted and she said, you know, apparently Dick Wolf must have done some press and he basically was asked about the new FBI show because FBI has a spinoff now called FBI Most Wanted. And so Dick was quoted saying about FBI Most Wanted because somebody asked if, if Most Wanted was ever going to cross with one Chicago. Dick's words, stay tuned. It's going to get very interesting. What? What does that mean? What? I don't even watch FBI, but what does that mean? You don't even know how excited that makes me to think of the FBI characters playing with the Chicago characters. And I'm not even talking like mothership FBI. I'm talking most wanted. So most wanted had their pilot last week and I actually really liked it. Um, I couldn't tell you the characters names because it's just too soon. Um, but I really like the pilot. So the idea of people from the FBI universe playing with the Chicago universe just makes me so happy. Well, apparently Kellen Lutz from FBI Most Wanted was also doing an interview or something. And he was like, yeah, like, I'd love to do the one Chicago stuff, blah, blah, blah. I have friends on them, blah, blah, you know, like the typical like answers or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just what does that mean? Stay tuned. It's going to get very interesting. Does that mean like this season? Maybe there's an announcement coming. I don't know. I do know that Kellen's character, his name is Kenny, and Kenny is a veteran. So he would <sighs> stop. It would be really interesting. That's like my mold. See, yeah, it would, mold. it would be interesting seeing him play with Choi and Halstead, um, especially because episode one, the pilot kind of touches on the idea that he may have a little bit of PTSD. And so I think that would be really interesting to see him play. That's like my calling card like i don't know why but that's like my calling card most is wanted like, is good veteran. yeah it's really PTSD. good i don't <laughs> fudge yeah and maybe i'll only, have to check it out there's there's only been two episodes so you can actually get started on most wanted yeah maybe i will it's good yeah i really like it and it's a different focus from parent fbi because obviously with the regular fbi like it's a whodunit but on most wanted they already know who did it so it's more of a cat and mouse game i really liked it Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also in TCA news, obviously you know it by now because This Is Us has already aired, but Chicago PD alum Sophia Bush has landed a spot on This Is Us. Um, I don't watch that show. Brenna, you do. Did you see the episode the other night? Yeah, I happened to actually, I never usually catch a show live, but I was babysitting and the kids were asleep, so I had time to watch. Um, and yeah, it was kind of interesting because so her character meets Kevin, who is played by Justin Hartley, and they have, like, a little bit of a flirty thing or whatever. Um, her character's name is Lizzie, and she's from Chicago. So, like, people were freaking out. It was, like, I was, I even tweeted, too. I was, like, Lindsay, is that you? Like, just because she even said she's, like, oh, yeah, I'm a Chicago girl, blah, 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 blah. And it's, like, yeah, huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do here in BC. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I'm about to spoil This Is Us. If, so if you do watch, fast forward, like, a minute or so um 
it's kind of interesting. They threw a twist because it was like, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to be Kevin's baby mama. Um, but she's married. And, like, Kevin was her hall pass. That's why they were flirty. So, like, is she gone? I, I think she's coming back because it said recurring role. But, like, that was not the wrench we all thought it was going to have. It was like, oh. How did okay. she How did she end up on the Rose Bowl stage with John Legend? Um, she talks about how she likes John Legend and he then decides to, because he thinks he likes her and so he wants to impress her. And so he makes the call and ends up, they end up at the Rose Bowl stage. The Hollywood Bowl, And John Legend performs. Well, yeah, the Hollywood Bowl. Um, and yeah, John Legend performs for them. Okay. It was also just clearly NBC and John Legend trying to promote his new single. Like that was why that happened. That too. Yeah. But, you know, it was so cool. But, yeah, it was just, like, a weird thing. I was like, oh. Because, like, normally if I hadn't known she was going to be on a recurring role, I'd be like, okay. Like, that was cool, I guess. Um, that was weird. <laughs> it was so- kind of like her appearance on Jake the Virgin. I was like, okay, that's all you're coming back for? <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> yeah, there's one Chicago alums everywhere right now. I think Jeff Hefner has been recurring on Almost Family. Um, and there was one other one that yeah. I can't remember that popped up. Again, there was so much news during TCAs. And TCAs are still going, is the thing. Yeah, well, oh, and the Monica stuff. That was TCAs. Yes. Week. Oh, my God. If you have not seen the trailer for Monica Raymond's new show yet, it's called Hightown. Go. But then come right back. But, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And the pictures. Oh, my God. She looks so fierce. She always does. But, you yeah. Know, so good. So yeah. good. So we had another article from Give Me My Remote. Again, Lord's work, Lord's work. And now we're going to shift over and talk about the kids from Chicago Med for a little bit. So Chicago Med bosses talk on one couple's step forward and another's step back. We'll just give you guesses as to who's taking what step where. Um, But Diane and Andy did an interview, and they basically talked about April and Manstead. And so regarding April... Um, They said that April is going to now be carrying the secret and it's going to impact the relationship between she and Ethan because, duh. Um, What also complicates it is that she is the one who instigated it. So she's carrying some kind of feelings for someone else. I have questions. Like, what what is she getting from Marcel that she is not getting from Ethan? Aside from somebody who's not pressuring her to have kids. (laughs) don't know <laughs> I, 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 I don't know almost. yeah I did and that's not me taking digs at Marcel like I love Marcel um I'm probably the only one who is like forget all of you who are conflicted I like him uh but yeah I'm just I don't know I I feel like I feel like there's not an attraction to Marcel with her it's just that she needs an escape from Ethan then she also said yes to Ethan. So, like, I don't get it. I don't get it either. <sighs> I know. Oh, I know. I don't. But then there's the whole other wrench that's going to hit with Marcel. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, no, I don't either. But this is like, I, I feel like every week we're always like, nobody is okay on med. But really, nobody is okay on med. Yeah. Everyone on men to be looked after. Yeah, it's bad. And so regarding Manstead, uh, they said that, you know, obviously in the last episode, Will had a patient named Lynn who he had prescribed opioids to following a knee surgery years ago. 
And it ended up that Natalie reported Lynn for child neglect because Natalie. Um, and so what they said here is that, you know, reporting Lynn for child neglect, it really severs the Will and Natalie relationship for a while. But the death does set Will off on his own journey, which we see in this ep- in the episode that aired this week um, and we will talk about. But I hate to say it, but I feel like severing the Will and Natalie relationship is a good thing. Yeah, it is. It It, it is. I mean, I'm, I know we all know they'll go back to it at some point, but like for right now, it's good. It's a really good thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Brian, will you take us through the ET Online article? Yes. So, again, yet another interview with Andy and Diane. Um, and so they asked ET asked the question, what do you specifically want to say about Natalie's art moving forward? Diane, and I quote, Natalie will have more interaction with Crockett. They have a lot of conflict, those two characters. What? Question. Hold on, hold on. Question. Does their pairing add a new dynamic to the show that you felt you hadn't hadn't been there before? Andy, and I quote, there's an attraction there, but a lot of headbutting. Question. Is there something you're looking to explore romantically? Andy, we've been talking about developing their relationship. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it either. Unless there's something coming in this next episode that's going to explain a lot of stuff. I don't get it. But I also feel like saying that there's an attraction there, but a lot of headbutting. I feel like that describes Crockett's relationship with really like anyone in that hospital, like even Noah. Right. That's also like also explaining like Manstead. There's no difference. There's a lot of traction there, but also a lot of headbutting. Why? Like that are, is me instead. Why are we so quick to ship Marcel with anyone and everyone? The man's only been here for twelve episodes. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I mean, well, I guess like in real time, like if you set a ship up in the first season, it's about the same amount of time. But still, I get your point. I mean, if we're comparing Marcel to Connor, which I know we can't really resist doing. Connor was a one-woman man in season one. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm. Also, like, things I never thought were going to happen. A love triangle between Natalie, Crockett, and April. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. That's weird. Things, but yeah. <laughs> that's really weird. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Things I never thought would happen. Uh, like, What? <laughs> what? I, I can't, I, I have, like, no words for how weird <laughs> that is. Yeah, I think we'll have a lot more to say on this after next week yeah. when we see them work together. But, yeah, it's, <laughs> there's an attraction there. A lot of headbutting. We've been developed, we've been talking about developing that relate with what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, why? Why? I don't know. It's definitely a question for Jeff and Steve when we have them back on and later. And what does Natalie see in Crockett? And that's a legit question because we don't know enough about Crockett. Right. I don't know. All we know is that he's, well, in my opinion, he's very nurturing and very comforting to his patients. And I think that's why I like him. And he's very, like, takes no shit. I like that. Um, well, and he actually pays attention to the rules. Shocker. What's a rule? I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah well he does he pays attention to those things yeah 
but I just, and I know over the course of these next few weeks, as Crockett, you know, develops his relationships with, I don't even know who at this point, we are going to get to know more about his backstory. So yeah, I'll bet anything he's going to be from Texas. Why? The Southern accent and the fact that his name is Crockett. He doesn't have a Southern accent. Marcel? I don't think so. He does. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> he definitely does. Um, and Crockett, Davy Crockett, Alamo. Yeah. I, 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 I know, I know, I know. Okay. I do know that stuff about Texas. The age gap. Sometimes there's references that you don't know, and then there's sometimes references I don't know. Like, I didn't know who Chance the Rapper was the first time you told me about him. Okay, but that's different. That's a pop culture reference. Davy Crockett is a historical figure. (laughs) (laughs) There is a difference. I know, I know. Uh, So TV Line did an Ask Osiello, and we got two scoops out of that one. I think we had like two med questions and a fire question, which was like, jackpot. Yeah, Laurel always come in with the med questions. Laurel keeps med alive on Ask Osiello. It's awesome. She really does. It's great. I was like, I, she DM'd us that, and I was like, Laurel, keep doing the Lord's work, man. I know. Like, I feel like I feel like it should be Ask Osiello, except for the med portion, and then the med portion should get its own web page and just be like, Ask Laurel. <laughs> yeah, but actually, though. Yeah, but actually, though. So the noteworthy parts of this is that on med, Will will be getting a new love interest, um, aka Jesse Shram. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. And over on Fire, there is talk of another bottle episode. A bottle episode in terms of, you know, Severide with little Nathan, Casey in the construction equipment, Dawson in the parking garage of Doom. I guess you can even consider the girls in the Jeep and the the hockey team. That can probably be considered a bottle episode as well. Well, and also I would consider maybe even the bottle episode being the one where Mills and Brett get kidnapped too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of a bottle episode. Right, right. Speaking of Mills, have you you haven't watched you, have you? No, I've never seen it. No, okay. He's Charlie Barnett's in season two. Speaking of one Chicago alumni news. God yeah. and the pictures he took in TCA were amazing. I know. <sighs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, give me the Gallo bottle episode, please. Yeah, who do we think it is this time? Whose turn is it? Gallo, 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 Gallo. He would crush it. Oh, give me Gallo and Ritter. Give me the Gallo and Ritter BFF bottle episode. Kate, thanks. Yeah, but then it wouldn't be dramatic. It would just be really funny. And then, like, everything they do, I'd be like, instead of people being like, that was heroic, I'd be like, they're so adorable. You don't want the newbies trying to figure out things for themselves? No, I think that'd be amazing. No, give I me totally that. want the newbies doing anything and everything. No, give me Gallo. Gallo. No, but seriously, like, Gallo. I, it, it needed to be Gallo. Right. Maybe Bowden. I'd pay good money to see an episode with Bowden in a bottle episode. Uh-huh. Think about it. That would be amazing. It would be pretty amazing. Eamon would kill that. Uh, yeah. He really would. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me the Bowden bottle episode or give me a Gallo bottle episode. Okay, thank you. Okay, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Thank you, Derek. (laughs) In advance. Speaking of Derek, he made a tweet pretty much. It was this is recently. um, I want to say like within the last day or two. Yeah. Um, 
he made a very thinly veiled basketball reference that made Bryna very happy. This made me so happy with an A plus tweet. A plus tweet. You, you go ahead. You go ahead and. So basically, I don't remember the exact wording. I have to find the exact wording of the tweet. Um, but it was in reference to the fact that we're getting 23 episodes. Oh, he said we're going to do 23 this year. And it was a tweet or a gif of Michael Jordan on the Chicago Bulls wearing, obviously, the number 23. Um, and just he kind of shrugged or whatever. But I guess we're getting 23 episodes this year, which is different from the normal 22 episodes. Yeah, and I think that would explain why they started shooting a little bit earlier this year. Yeah, they were. I know they were hoping to get, or they thought they were the chance there was gonna, they were going to get more than the normal twenty-two. Yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, and I, again, he, it doesn't confirm that all. It's. I mean, it's from Derek, so I'm sure it's happening on fire. I don't know for sure that it's happening on PD or Med, but I would assume if fire's getting twenty-three, that they're all getting twenty-three because you know. Yeah. Which Chicago with? One Chicago Wednesday, yeah. It's, I mean, and this is the second year that we've had One Chicago Wednesday and never once have, they've always been on the same schedule. It's never been where, like, one show is a rewrite and then the other ones are new. They've always been on the same schedule. It's all or nothing. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, let's see. Hmm. Cool. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Though and I'm, again, A-plus tweet, Derek. Yes, A-plus tweet. Though I'm not excited for PD's season finale because it's an odd-numbered season, but we talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Um, last bit of news is a late breaking development. Obviously, we record one day early. So you are listening on Friday. We're recording on Thursday night. And this afternoon, Twitter was ablaze because NBC basically had their TCA panel to debut their new streaming service called Peacock. And oh, my goodness, I am so excited. Yeah, it'll. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So the big news that pertains to one Chicago is that Dick Wolf struck a six show deal with Peacock. And you're going to get all of One Chicago, which is awesome. You're also going to get all of Law & Order, like the OG Law & Order, all of SVU, and all of Law & Order Criminal Intent. It's insane. It's insane, yeah. And apparently the deal was like 3 to $4 million. Or it was probably even more than that, actually. I can't remember the figure, but... Yeah, that sounds low for Dick Wolf. Yeah, totally low, but... It's it's amazing. And so they talked about all their original content that's coming out. They talked about the old shows that are coming back. They're doing a psych movie, which I know the psych fans are super excited about. A second one? Yeah, they're doing a second one. Um, I about lost my mind today when I saw the tweet that they said that they are doing, they're doing an original series based off of the podcast Dr. Death. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you sent that in the group text, and I have no idea what that is. I haven't had a chance to look into it. So it happened pretty much like here in my backyard, and not even like the major city I live in, in like the suburb I grew up in. Uh, and it's a, okay. yeah, it's a spine. This this guy was a spine surgeon, and he was like botching all these operations and like killing these people. And the whole podcast is about that and how he finally got brought to justice and how he's in jail now. And it's. Once you start it, you cannot stop. It is just, it's horrifying. But also, again, you can't stop. I don't know if that's because, again, it's in my backyard. Like, the hospital that they reference in the podcast, like, I drive past it all the time. And so, yeah, I, I don't know if maybe it's because it happened here. But I about lost my mind. Um, I know Jamie Dornan's going to be in it, and so is Christian Slater. Um, yeah, I'm excited for Jamie that Jamie Dornan's the one from Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Correct. Yeah, he was also the sheriff in season one of Once Upon a Time, but I'm like the only one who remembers him from that and not Fifty Shades. 
yeah, clearly I know where my mind went. <laughs> um, so Peacock is not coming out until July. It's coming out in April if you're a Comcast user. Um, but it's July for everybody else, which I'm like, okay, listen, this is amazing. But also I want it now. And also you mean I have to wait six months before I get Friends back? I thought Friends was going to HBO Max. And I thought it was going to Peacock. I think it's going to HBO Max. That's random. You would think NBC would want to, like, call dibs on that. I, I could have sworn it's going to HBO Max. Hmm. I'll have to double check that. Because, yeah, somebody said that in our group chat, too. And I was like, really? Hmm. Yeah. But also, um, Punky Brewster is coming to Peacock. Like, that's probably a show that Brandon doesn't even know. <laughs> All I know is it's Soleil Moonfry. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I know her from Sabrina. That's literally my reference. I'm like, oh, Soleil Moonfry from Sabrina. Dull. <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited. I'm like, yeah, if you want to give this to me now, like, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. This is your Disney Plus. It really is, though. Also, there's going to be three tiers. So there's three payment tiers, and the basic tier is free. Um, and on the free t- on the free tier, it, they said it's like seventy five hundred hours of programming, and it's all ad supported. But like seventy five hundred hours of programming for the free level—that's insane. Right, and I think that's a cool way to do it. Like have a free level, and like have it limited, of course, but like have a free level, um, and then have like the ad supported levels, and then like the non ad supported level be the most. Like I think that's the cool way to do it. Yeah, that is really cool. And so the second level is um, you get fifteen. It's like not 7,500, like 15,000 hours of programming or something like that, um, and ads. And then obviously the highest level, it's $10 a month and it's the 15,000 hours and no ads. Um, but I'm really excited because think of all the new shyhards that will be born from Peacock. I know. It's like cool even to see the sweets start coming in being like, oh yeah, like, you know, now I can finally watch. And it's like, yes. Yeah. Like I was thinking, my first thought was like, yes, I can finally watch it with my mom. Like, my mom can actually watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which would be very exciting because I need her to stop while it's Jane only PD. <laughs> like, that's all she knows. And it's great. And I love talking to her about PD. But, like, that's all she knows is PD because that's all she can watch is the reruns. And I'm like, Mom, there is two other shows you need to watch here. I mean, I always tell you all the funny stuff my mom says, but my mom doesn't like med. Um, and she finds Will annoying. And so <laughs> that's always amusing because I'm always just like, but look, like he's so sweet and she's like no he's annoying i'm like mom yeah my mom only knows them if they've ever popped up on med or on pd like she (laughs) literally only knows pd because that's all they have on reruns is pd i love it yeah Yeah. so i'm excited i also about lost my mind today when they talked about the olympics coverage but that's because i'm a nerd um but yeah yeah, that is that is your thing that is my thing i don't want to wait till july i want it now but fine whatever so, did we make it to the end of the news? We did it. 45 minutes later. <laughs> hey, but we did it. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> um, as always, you guys know the drill. If you see anything, send it to us. However you would like to get it to us is fine. Um, and obviously, I mean, you guys do a really good job of that. That's probably why we have two straight pages of news. That's probably also because of TCAs, but, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Semantics. Semantics, you know. So, without further ado, it is time to jump into the episodes. Are you ready? Yes. Let's go. There is so much tea to be spilled tonight. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So we're going to start with Med, just like always. And we are going to start with our favorite redhead, Will. So 
Will walks in and he's got his little suit and he's going before the board and he announces it all proudly and Maggie just brings him right down to earth and was like, what did you do now? Best comeback ever. It's a totally fair question. But actually, though. Really is. I know. And I like how even he was like, all right, that's fair. Like, funny. Whatever. Yeah. Because everyone knows Will does some messed up things sometimes. Will does some messed up things. It's like... It's like Natalie, only Will gets busted for it, and Natalie doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, Will wants to open a safe injection site at the hospital, and what a safe injection site is is basically a place for those who are addicted to opioids. It's a safe place for them to basically inject themselves and essentially get high um, and if they OD, the proper resources are there to revive them if need be. And it's just like really, I don't, I, it doesn't break my heart, but like it makes me sad for Will that, you know, he's, he's really taking this hard. And so the way he looks at Maggie and he's like, how many other people did I do this to? I was just like, oh, you sweet, precious bean. I know. And I, I mean, I even said that last week. I was like, you know, I wonder how this is going to affect him because he seemed very upset by it. Mm-hmm. And I, obviously we're seeing that this week yeah and so um i did a little research because hi i'm a nerd um and i mean this is stuff that goodwin later on mentions but i researched in between those scenes because again me um but as of november of 2019 there are no official safe injection sites in the u.s um i want to say that there's a couple in canada but as of November, there were none in the United States. Um, but Philadelphia is on its way to becoming the first because a court in Philadelphia ruled that the safe injection site set up there is not illegal. So the tides are turning. So it, it looks like Will's trying to get ahead of the curve. You would think that they would pop up in like L.A. or New York or Chicago or Miami, like those kind of big four hubs, mm-hmm. you would think. But... I'm kind of surprised to know that there's no official safe site, safe injection sites anywhere. No, uh, there's none. And so I feel like the issues they tackled on this episode were really good because these are like developing issues in the country. I'm like, damn, good job. Yeah. Yeah. And so Med's always pretty good with that. Really good. Yeah. And so um, Will and Noah start the episode working together and it's awesome. Like, I love it. I love, I love this like, more confident Noah that we're getting this season. He just, like, fits right in. It's just, it's amazing. And what I love about this is that Noah is Will's equal. This isn't a situation where they're treating Noah as, like, the little bitty, you know, med student or whatever. Oh, no. Like, everything Noah says is equal to Will. It carries just as much weight. And I feel like we've never seen that happen. Yeah. It's it's awesome. It's awesome to see. It is. It's really great to see. And so, I mean, we love Noah. But, you know. We love everyone. We do. We love everybody on this cast. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. But Will has to peel off the case, and we'll we'll circle back to Noah in April, but Will peels off to go before the board, and he's wearing a suit, and he looks so cute. Uh, Yeah. I I made the comment on Twitter last night that Will, when he gets his presentation thing with the clicker, and at one point he has, like, a map of the United States behind him, I was like, look at that little weatherman. (laughs) Yeah, um, somebody else had said that on Twitter, too. They were, like, when we asked... Yeah, because I was talking with Julie about it, and I was, like, look at that little... I, like, responded to one of her tweets about Will in his suit, and I was, like, oh, look at our little weatherman, and she was, like, oh, my God. I was, like, (laughs) yeah, I know. I know, which, like, 
it's sad because obviously he's like wearing a suit to be taken seriously and all of us are sitting at home like he's so cute <laughs> i know i know but like we just never see anyone in a suit we like, really ever no i mean and we saw connor because nice connor was like loaded and going to galas but yeah yeah just like very rarely we see people in suits so it's nice to see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah but like he had the little clicker in the presentation he was like little school teacher will just yeah <laughs> I don't know. You with Will is like me with Gallo. It's true, though. It's true. And I mean, Will does so many dumb things, but I'm also just like, come here and let me hug you, you lovable idiot. He's my friend's beagle. And I know I've brought that up before, but he literally is my friend's beagle. Yeah, this isn't the first time you've compared him to a beagle. No. No, it's true. It's true. Um, but I do love It's so admirable, though, how, I mean, yeah, Will is a hot mess. But it, when when he really, really believes in something, like, he fully throws himself behind it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, that's admirable AF. Yeah. So um, he goes before the board, and then the board, of course, has to be all closed-minded and be like, why would we do this? This is so lame. Um, and then Goodwin goes to Will and is like, okay, listen, like, we're not getting through. It's okay, but I have an idea. And so Goodwin brings in Dr. Charles, who then tells the most heartbreaking story that we've never heard about his younger brother. I didn't realize he had siblings. I know. I didn't know that either. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Put the the knife in my heart. Why don't you? Oh, yeah. And the story is completely gut-wrenching because, like, it starts off and it's like he had this great life. And then it's like, then he became addicted. And then this happened, and then that happened. And then he's like, yeah, and if I had been one minute earlier, I would have saved his life because I'm the one who found him. And then, like, a minute later, everybody's crying, and nobody knows why. And Dr. Charles is just like, there's my story. Yeah. Knife to the heart. Why don't you? The The other part that sort of killed me, and this is probably me just reading into it because I love to do that, is, you know, when... Dr. Charles would reference him as his little brother. They would cut to Will. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, Will's a big brother too. So he's probably being impacted by this too. Just kind of imagining like, oh my God, I couldn't imagine something like that, you know? Yeah, I always forget Will's the bigger brother, the older brother. I don't think they ever like officially confirmed it. But like in my mind, it's canon. Yeah, I just, yeah, it's hard to imagine. I know, I know. Just, mm. So Gwen has all sorts of stuff going down because she is just a cold-hearted bitch, which we'll get to. But everybody was on board until something else happens, and then Gwen pulls her funding because Gwen is not nice. She's not nice. Um, no, and it's like a total retaliation move. And, like, Will is pissed, and rightfully so. Usually when he gets, like, outwardly pissed, it's like, Will, calm down. But this time I'm like, no, this had nothing to do with you. This is all hospital politics. But he doesn't know that because he even said in his, he, he's like talking to Dr. Charles and he's like, yeah, you know, the reason they gave me is a bunch of legal blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, like he doesn't really know the reason. And I'm sure if he ever found out that it kind of went, it was Natalie's fault in a weird way. It's like, oh, that would not go over well. But Will's in such a good place now. I feel like he would be able to see clearly that maybe it wasn't Nat and he, like, I could see him maybe getting mad it's at like Goodwin. It's unofficially Natalie's fault. It's easy to blame Natalie. It's it's not fair to her, but it's just easy to blame her. No, and it's not really her fault because she did the right thing. But, like, it's unofficially her fault because what she did set off the chain of good events. Gwen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
she did so on Goodwin's orders, which like sort of saved her in my book. Because the minute that we realized, like she told him, I was like, oh, fuck, are you kidding me? And then Goodwin was like, I told her to. I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, and so Will is talking to Dr. Charles and he's like, yeah, I have a quote unquote friend who runs a, and I say this with air quotes, unsanctioned site. The word unsanctioned means it's totally safe and perfect, right? Yeah, great idea. Um, and so Dr. Charles tells him, you know, the piece of advice that falls on deaf ears on this show because nobody ever seems to hear it. Um, but Dr. Charles is like, yeah, like you could, you could lose your license. Okay. Dr. Charles is like, that's cute, but that has literally never stopped anyone on the show from doing anything ever. That should just be med's new tagline. Like, Chicago Med, you could lose your license. <laughs> For real, though. But actually, though, <laughs> that's a good idea. You should make a idea. t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chicago Med, you could lose your license. Haha, <laughs> 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 not really. <laughs> but actually, though. For real, I know, I know. And so, obviously, Dr. Or Dr. Hall said, Char- Will's just like, yeah, that's a great idea. Like, thank you for reminding me. Like, yeah, I really needed to hear that. Cut to him walking into said unsanctioned site because Will. I can't even. That Halstead DNA, it, it, man, it's something. I can't even, though. I, I can't. I know. I know. I think they're doing a very good job of mirroring this with Jay and Will in, in terms of them both being so determined to atone for their mistakes and make things right that they will put themselves in harm's way and just not even think about it. I think they're doing a good job of mirroring that, intentional or unintentional, whatever. But also, like, when, at what point does it stop being admirable and just become straight up reckless? That's a good point. I think it depends on the situation. Because, like, in this situation where he's trying to make other people's lives better, then, yeah. You know, I think it can still be admirable. But if we're talking about, like, something that happened last season with the whole, um, but I cannot remember the name of the family. But the family he got involved with, you know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Ray. Uh, yes, Ray. That's not admirable, like, at all. That's just you being stupid. I mean, I feel like if Jay were to turn around and do another one of these where he puts himself in, himself in harm's way, like, this soon after the midseason, I would be like, that's reckless. Like, you're an idiot. Yeah. But how much time is enough time in between, essentially, is the question. I mean, I guess it's going to depend on how far in trouble he gets himself this time to determine whether you know it's just an innocent mistake or just really fucking reckless right i mean i think it'll always be admirable but i still think it's probably gonna end up being fucking reckless yeah yeah i don't know so i also thought for sure we were gonna meet hannah in those closing minutes me too yeah i guess she's popping up next week maybe i maybe i don't know I, don't I also know. rewatched Road to Christmas the other day, just not just because it was like an option, and I was like, "Oh, okay, sure." Um, and I, I just, I love that movie. I just did. Yeah, I do too. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Like this is research, technically. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, unrelated, but related to Chad Michael Murray, I have to finish Love on Winterland because um, I started it last week, and then Charlie was like, "This is stupid," and I was like, "Ah." Um, so I have to go back think of it. I liked what I saw. We got probably, like, not quite halfway, but, like, not quite a quarter. So we probably got about, like, 30 to 40% of the way through it. I liked it. I haven't watched it. But this weekend's Collins, so we all have to watch. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Um, I'll be in Austin, but I'm DVRing. Side note. 
Yeah. We'll Love have it. to maybe maybe we'll do a mini episode on it. Oh, I'm so okay with that. Maybe we can just compile. do like 20 minutes on like Colin and Patty cuz duh. Should we just repeat and compile all the winter episodes again and like be like Emily? I mean, we could. <laughs> you guys like how we planned the podcast like out loud so you guys can hear everything like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll discuss, but yeah, we we'll should discuss. definitely do like a mini episode at least on Colin and Patty. Oh, oh, absolutely. 100%. I'm so excited for that. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, but also, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty obvious that Hannah is going to be the love interest for Will, right? Like we said during the news, right? Yes, 100%. I see this ending so tragically. Because she's a doctor, right? So right. she's not going to be someone like high on heroin. But she's got a, she's, she's, a, she's an addict though. Oh, Yeah. Like, yeah, this can't be good. I see is this, this going to be Will's Anna, like someone who's like the love of his life and then she dies oh tragically. God. Oh, my God. And it's funny that you say that he's going to be Will's Anna because I think he's going to be Will's Camilla. She's going to be some combination of the two. Oh, man. She's going to wreck him. Like, I only see this ending very sadly. And like, but like wreck physically, like mess him up, wreck emotionally because oh, wreck emotionally. he's in love with her. Yeah, because he's, do we think he's gonna fall in love with her? Like, is that how the deep this is gonna go? What no, do we think? I don't think he's gonna fall like madly in love with her, but I think he's gonna try to save her. Oh, fudge! Yeah, and so then, this really is like a combination of Camilla and Anna. That's how I see it going. Now, granted, Jeff could be listening to this right now, laughing his ass off, um, and rightfully so if we're completely off base. But I don't know. Oh, fuck. Damn. I know. Camilla and Anna. What a combo. What a heartbreaking combo. <laughs> Shit. Damn. Poor Will. Mm-hmm. I just, can we take him and Dr. Charles and bubble wrap them? Oh, my God. Dr. Charles, please. Oh, my God. Do- like, week after week, Dr. Charles just proves that more and more to us that, like, he needs to be bubble wrapped. He needs to be saved at all costs. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. I yeah. don't care. Quite literally. Protect him. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like him, Bowden. Yeah, him and Bowden is just like the two. I would say it's kind of throw Voight in there as the PD representative. No, Platt. Platt can be the PD representative. It's like the holy trinity from like the shows of like people we have to save at all costs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Platt, Bowden, and Dr. Charles. Too just... pure for this world. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. God. So. On the other side of the hospital, there's another train wreck going on in the terms of Dr. Marcel and Dr. Choi working together. Yes, please. Let's put oil and water together. That's a great mix. But yet, they might be friends after this. So, you know, that's where we're going here. Under false pretenses and such a mess. So fucked up. Oh, my God. It's so bad. So the, the very first scene of this episode is Marcel basically, like, creeping around April while she's looking through some papers with Ethan, like, in eyeshot. Sight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the first thing out of Marcel's mouth, he goes, well, from the looks of that rock, I guess you didn't tell Ethan. Excuse you! It's so bad. So bad! What ha- but I love how she's, like, basically, like, I thought we weren't going to talk about it. And he's like, what are we not talking about? Like, it's just like, Marcel, you play games. You play dirty games. Don't be an asshole, Marcel. Yeah. That's... Don't do it. That was so sarcastic and not... No. That was not cool. 
and he's being like, he's like cool. twisting the knife by saying it with Ethan, like in eyesight. I know. Yeah. And like, if Maggie can overhear, Ethan definitely could have overheard. I mean, he doesn't, but like he could have. Oh man. Ethan is just going to be so hurt when he finds out. So hurt. Oh my God. It's going to be bad. Like it's really going to be hurt. bad. Yeah. Whatever this wedding is in Med 100, it's it's going to be bad. It's going to be a shit show, as we speculated in the last episode. We're just going to play It Was a Shit Show from Crazy Girlfriend <laughs> <Yes>. on loop <laughs> over and over and over again. That is the Ethan and April song. Yes. That's really just every relationship on Med song. Amen to that. <laughs> no, but actually, though, I'm trying to think of like a smooth relationship. No, there's no, there's nobody. Maggie and Ben, so far. Yeah, except for them. Yeah, except for them. Oh, and Cece and Charles. Well, oh, I get. My heart. I know. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so Maggie overhears, and she just kind of gives like the Maggie side eye, just that she knows. Uh, and so the big issue here is that there was an accident at O'Hare. I don't think it was a plane crash, or maybe it was a plane crash that led to the electrical fire. I think I thought it was a plane crash. Something bad happened at O'Hare. O'Hare as in not the airport where Jay was abducted from. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of important patients, reference. It, it's, it's important to know. I mean, I don't know why. It just is. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, there's a plane crash at O'Hare. So a lot of patients are coming in. And so they basically get a John Doe um, who comes in. And they basically, they're, they're identifying passengers based off of the flight manifest and their seat numbers, which is sounds like an imperfect science to me because it's really i feel like that could be really easy to misidentify somebody well and they found something on him that said like sam abrams or whatever yeah yeah that's true that's true um so they yeah so that one of the nurses identifies him he's like yeah like this is this guy's name is sam abrams and everybody's just like oh god because obviously <laughs> dr abrams yeah yeah and so they put all the things together. They're like, okay, well, he was in Honolulu for this conference. He was listed on this flight. They found his ID, like, beforehand, didn't they? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They find something on him that says, like, Samuel Abrams, and they're like, oh, fudge. Yeah, so everybody's like, oh, my God, like, this is Dr. Abrams. Like, holy shit. It's like a total Grey's Anatomy 007, only it's like a 007 <sighs> in the first, like, 10 seconds. Yeah. It Knife to the heart. That's a season finale I'm still not over, like, 13 years later. I will never be over that. Oh, my God. It's George. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So a family member shows up to be with Abrams, and Dr. Choi is like, oh, you must be Lucy. Like, you must be Dr. Abrams' daughter. And he's, she's like, I'm not. No, I'm his wife. Um, and so everything kind of unfolds as it does, and... Ethan is really suspicious of Michelle, Michelle being the wife. I mean, she's young, she's perky, you know, she's not what you would expect to be Dr. Abrams' wife. Um, but Marcel is doing this by the book. Marcel's like, it's not our place to judge. Like, this is his wife. We're just going to do what happens. Like, she's next of kin. We're going to follow the rules. And Dr. Choi's in the corner being like, judgy McJudge face. And yeah, I mean, because all these things keep happening and they're like okay well here's the extent of his injuries like he you know he's not gonna be able to walk he's not gonna be able to have use of his hands he's gonna require a lot of care and michelle eventually decides okay then we need to take him off life support and dr marcel is like if that's what you want to do we'll do that dr Choi, however goes and does some research and is like no wait a second she's the beneficiary of his life insurance policy 
That's not your business. You can't do that. You can't do that. Also, like, how how were you able to find that? He had HR check it. But how do they know who the... I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, so... Ethan starts to, like, outwardly doubt Michelle, and he just, like, spills the tea. Like, he is, like, a real housewife in this episode with how snarky and passive-aggressive he is. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's very unlike Ethan. Like, very unlike Ethan. I mean, I think the judgmental part of him is very like Ethan. I think the... the no, real... I'm talking about, like, the snarky and the way he going he's going about things is yeah. not like him. Right, right, right. So when he starts to call around on stuff, she goes, I'm his wife. And then he goes, yeah, of a few months. Ooh, Ooh, the tea. <laughs> the tea is so hot. <laughs> it's amazing. It's pretty amazing, it's so yes. Good. And in that moment, also, while Ethan is spilling the tea like Real Housewife, Dr. Marcel's got this, like, what the fuck are you doing face, and it's just priceless. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. So Marcel and Ethan basically have it out about, like, the life insurance policy, and Marcel's just like, the fuck did you do? Um Choi tries to like hide behind the Hippocratic Oath and he's like, well, I'm just not, I'm not going to like ignore the red flags just because you can't be bothered. It's not a matter of being bothered. It's whatever, whatever, Ethan, I'm not going to reason with you. So he convenes an emergency ethics committee, which like they must just be on standby at bed with the amount of stuff that goes down there. Yeah, I just... It's a mess. Ugh. It's a mess. So Ethan's frustrated because the ethics committee rules in Michelle's favor. He goes outside to get some air. And at this point, I'm like, okay, he's lashing out probably because he doesn't want to lose Sam. And I'm also at this point thinking, oh, my God, they're going to kill Dr. Abrams. So at this point, I'm getting ready for, like, a character death. And I'm just like, he's minor, but also, like, he's part of the family. It's really sad. And lo and behold, Ethan looks up and freaking Sam is getting out of the cab. That was possibly... Like the best twist Med has ever done. I it, it might be. I did not see that coming, no. like at all. Like I was genuinely shocked. It's a really good twist. Really good. So good. So so good. So Ethan's like, oh my god, Sam, you're alive. But then also was like, holy shit, we're about to pull the plug on a random guy. Um, so he runs in and thankfully, thankfully, like saves the day. But later on. You know, Marcel is like, let them be happy that they're like, he's alive, leave them alone, like, you know, whatever. And Ethan's like, no, she, like, he deserves to know the truth. And so he goes and talks. Just like face palm. Oh my God. Like, I was like, Choi, no, it's, stop, it's please. Cringy. It's so cringy. It's so, so cringy. And so he's like, he deserves to know who he married. So he goes up to Dr. Abrams and he's like, she wanted to unplug you. And he's like, yeah, I would hope so. I don't want my daughter to see me like that. And. Abrams totally flips the table and he's like, listen, I'm the eye candy in this relationship. Michelle developed the formula to this protein shake that you drink every day. I'm the one who's living off of her money, not the other way around. Like, joke's on you. So good. So good. So good. But also, like, why does Ethan stick his nose where it doesn't belong all the damn time? Because he works in bed. It's, it's, not, it's not, a good, not a good trait. It's not... No. It's because he works at med. Let's be real. Like, I'm sure he's not like this when he's in the Navy. Like, was a Navy doctor. I, I don't see what April gets from Marcel that she doesn't get from Ethan. But at the same time, it's almost like by flirting with Crockett, she gets a break from Ethan. Does that make sense? Yes. I think I get what you're saying. Yes. 
Ethan's a lot to handle sometimes, especially when he gets like this. That is true. That is true. So, yeah. I mean, maybe Crockett gives her a chance to relax a little bit. Yeah, but, like, still not a good enough. I, I, I don't know. I still have questions, but, yeah. No, I mean, I... I don't condone cheating in any way, shape, or form. Like, none, nothing about the way she's going about this is okay. Absolutely nothing. Right, yeah. Mm. But, I don't know. So, later on, Ethan apologizes to Marcel. They have a moment outside the hospital. You know, Ethan's like, I made some assumptions about you, but I don't really know you. They agree to a fresh start, whatever. Um, I think Ethan says something right before April walks up, but I missed it because of what April said. But I don't know. They, they basically agree to start fresh and be friends. So it's like Connor and Will 2.0. Yep. This is all just going to end so badly. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Brian, will you take us through April and Noah? Yes. I love when April and Noah work together and they're Me not fighting. Too. It's great. Me too. It's great. So basically, they start out, April and Noah help Will deliver this baby in the middle of an ER. Like, literally in the middle of the ER. Not in the trauma bay. Like, in smack dab in the middle of the ER. <laughs> Which I just thought was interesting. I was like, oh. Okay. Cool. So then, like we said earlier, Will peels off because he has to go get ready to go before the board. So April and Noah are left to, like, talk, like handle the baby. Um, but first, we get, like, ap- April. about to combine their names. That is not how this goes. <laughs> um, Maggie and April have this, like, little girl talk. And, you know, because Maggie saw the whole stuff with April and Marcel. And so she's like, girl, what's going on? Um, And this is like, you know, April's talking, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, all I want to do is marry him talking about Choi and, like, forget all all of this ever happened. But, like, girl, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. And that's also kind of selfish. Right. Like, you made your bed. You're going to lie in it. Yeah, and if you don't tell Ethan, the guilt is going to eat you alive. Right. You have total control over this situation. Like, you can either live in this horrible place and not tell him the truth, or tell him the truth and, you know, not feel as bad. April would not have any of the problems she has currently if she would just tell the truth, if she wouldn't just skirt around the big issues. Yeah, that's April's problem. I know. She just needs to, like, say what she means. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. So, basically, they end up having, this baby ends up having some complications. No one notices that his hands and fingers are turning blue. And basically ends up, they end up finding out that the baby has a lung disease and is going to need a transplant. And so they decide to test the parents and figure out whether the parents are donors. And as it turns out, the mom is a match, but the dad is not. Because apparently the dad is not the baby's biological father. And everyone's like, wait, what? (laughs) And they're like, oh, because a big part of it is that they did IVF. And it was like their last embryo, so it's like kind of a big deal. And so they're like, but no, it has to be. Like, what? And like, run the test again. So they run the test again, and as they find out, not only is the dad not the biological dad, but the mom is also not the biological mom. And they're <laughs> dun, like, dun, dun. wait, what? <laughs> and as it turns out, they figure out it was just a mix-up done by the fertil- fertility center 
Um, it was basically two couples with the same last name got like switched around. So couple A gave birth to couple B's baby while B was pregnant with A's baby. Crazy. So crazy, but based in reality, because this actually happened at a clinic in Los Angeles last year. Yeah. And I mean, like that kind of stuff, I mean, like it was kind of the basis. Well, that was switching, I guess the babies, but still like switched at birth, which is a free form ABC family show. But like stuff like that is known to happen. It's crazy. I, I was reading up on it today and there was a couple, I think in New York that, um, you know, a white couple. And when they gave birth to twins, A, they were told that it was two girls. It ended up being two boys. And the boys who were born were of Asian descent. And That's wild. Yeah, it's wild. And so needless to say, that clinic in Los Angeles got sued. Well, that was my first thought was they all seemed kind of fine with the whole thing. And I was like, yeah, where's the talk about suing? Like, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, no, for real, for real. Um, also, can we please talk about how the mom in couple A looked so much like Patty Murin? Oh my god, she did. I didn't put that together before now, but she did. I had the double take when they brought her in. I was like, is that, is that, no. And then we got like a closer look and I was like, that's not Patty, but she has a doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Different hair, but yeah, same face. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But also, I think um, being a researcher for med must be really fun. Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just April ends up, like, commenting on the whole situation at the end. You know, she was like, how, like, much of a nightmare it is, blah, blah, blah. And then she kind of turns around immediately and is like, we should try it to Ethan. And, like, tells him that she wants to try IVF with him. And it's like... Huh? That is the most med thing ever to be like, what a nightmare. Let's do it. But actually, though, that is a med thing. It is. It's very med and it's very April. Well, and she says, she's, you know, like, I was just afraid, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, like, I want to do this. Like, you know, it could be, like, basically, it can be so rewarding in the end if it works. And, but it's just like, you went from saying it was a nightmare to wanting to do it. Okay, cool. Oh, my God. April's going to find out she's pregnant, like, the minute Ethan finds out about the kiss, isn't she? Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Damn. Man. That yeah. is just a, a very chaotic place. Yeah. It's a chaotic I'm place. I'm glad my dad never worked there. <laughs> right. Dear Lord. So last up, we have the Gwen, Goodwin, Natalie, like, trifecta of doom. Um, Brian, will you take us through this one, too? Yes. So basically, Gwen and Goodwin run in each other, into each other in the parking garage, and they're talking about the safe injection site proposal, you know, just normal administrative talk, blah, 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 blah. Later on, Natalie finds a baby left in a car in the parking garage. So she breaks the car, like, the glass in the window in, and gets the baby out, but he has hypothermia. But I also, like, I commented on this on Twitter, literally, before I knew, like, the whole situation. But, like, this is the most Natalie case ever. Like, oh, Natalie man. would find a baby in a car locked in and, like, have to break him out. Like, that is the most Natalie case ever. It really is, but also, it's totally a baby doll, which makes me laugh so hard. But that's not relevant. Yeah. And as it turns out, it's Gwen who left her baby in the car, which I thought was a good plot twist. I didn't necessarily see that coming. The only reason I knew it was coming was because of the promo photos. 
But yeah, very good, very good twist. And thank God it was cold and not hot because when the hot car cases always end tragically, like it's horrible. Yeah, but still, this could have ended up badly. Oh, so badly. Um, so Goodwin ends up sharing like a personal story about her managing as a mother and like a time she thought she lost her child and she didn't. He was just hiding. Um, and the two kind of have this bonding moment and it's like, oh, that's what this could be like. Mm-hmm. That's is, what this relationship could be like is the when they're not fighting. Is not really an ice queen? Right. I was like, do I actually like Gwen? Like what? <laughs> but just kidding. That changes. Um, but also like Heather yeah. Headley is gorgeous and I don't even know how she's like so gorgeous even when she cries. I know. It's unreal. She's gorgeous. Unreal. Uh-huh. She's unreal. Um, and so Gwen's husband shows up, oh, soon to be ex-husband, as we find out. Um, and she, but she ends up lying about what really happened. He's like, oh, you know, I got called that you never showed up to daycare. And she's like, yeah, I, he had a fever or whatever the excuse was. And so I just brought him down here to get checked out. And it's like, bitch, <laughs> what are you doing? And Natalie has the same reaction because Goodwin kind of goes along with it. And Natalie's like, uh, so what? That's we're just going to keep Gwen's husband in the dark. And it's like, yeah, I guess we are. The minute she said that, I was like, oh, there goes Nat. She's going full Nat. We're done. But she's not wrong. Well, no. Like, this is the one situation where I'm like, mm, she's not wrong. No. And so, and she even then goes on and she says, listen, if anyone was trying to take Owen away from me, like, I don't know what I'd do. We know. Yeah, it's like drink. She mentioned Owen. Okay, cool. Um, I have a question. (laughs) Yes. Do you think Natalie has DCFS on speed dial? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I think at this point she probably does. That's so bad. For like everybody. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's like her threat. Like, if Starbucks gets her drink wrong, she's like, don't make me call DCFS. <laughs> like, they can't do anything here. I don't care. <laughs> if anybody ever gave Owen the wrong drink, I'd lose it. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah. So, because Gwen, the whole thing is, so Gwen is afraid that because they're going through a custody battle, that, like, this one mistake could have her lose her kid. Which, like, I get. But, like, you've also fudged up. So, and put your child in danger. I know you didn't mean to. Brenna, we say bad words on this podcast. It's okay. I know. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) So, basically, Goodwin doesn't ask Natalie to, like, lie to him. She's just like, give me a chance to speak to Gwen first. And so, Goodwin and Gwen end up speaking, and Gwen still refuses to tell her husband. And so, Natalie, though, ends up telling him the truth, because it's Natalie. It's Natalie. She just can't contain herself. Like, it's the same way how on, like, Parks and Rec, Leslie gets, like, a sick, like, adrenaline rush out of making binders. Like, Natalie gets a sick rush out of ratting people out for lying. She does, though. She really does. But, like, Goodwin also told Natalie to be honest in the situation. So it's just kind of like a gray area on why Natalie actually came clean but like still Natalie came clean and that's really the point and the important part yeah only I feel like I feel like Goodwin telling Natalie to come clean still doesn't like absolve her I don't know when we realized once it was Nat I was like oh for fuck's sake but then even when Goodwin was like I told her to I'm like that still doesn't make it okay 
see, I'm okay with Natalie doing it. Like, why aren't you okay with Natalie doing it? Just because Natalie is just so Natalie all the time. But, like, if this was Will, you'd be okay with Will. Like, if Will had told, you know, the husband the truth. That's a good question. I... Maybe... And that's not fair to Natalie. But I feel like Will would... No, Will would do it for the same reasons. Okay, all right. You caught me at a double standard. Point, Bryna. Like, I understand why people, like, I think it's funny to just be like, oh, for fuck's sake, Natalie. You know, like, oh, it's Natalie. Of course, you know, like, I think it's funny to say that. But, like, I have no problem with Natalie actually doing it. I think it's interesting how we are seeing Will grow from this Manstead separation, but Natalie is staying the same. Well, I mean, it's been one episode. Well, it's been like, give her a second. Give her a chance. Also fair. Maybe her new romance will help her blossom. With Crockett? <laughs> hey, Crockett's a rule follower. It could work. What is their, what is, what is their ship name? Man-Kit? Man Crocking? <laughs> Natzel? <laughs> I, I'm going to break my brain trying to like wrap my head around this. Yeah, um, and so basically the storyline ends, so kind of like we said, you know, Gwen gets pissed and retaliates against Will. So, and good one, but really Will. Will, our precious suited up bean. Yeah. He but. suited up for you, Gwen. That's cold. <laughs> you cold-hearted bitch. Like, that is... Yeah. Will doesn't suit up for anybody. No, not just anybody. No, no, not just anybody. But, yeah. But that is bad. I like this episode. I thought it was good. So many good twists. Uh, like, again, I did not see that Abrams twist coming. That was A-plus writing. That Abrams twist was A-plus-plus. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So, so good. So good. So moving on to Fire. Fire was interesting. I feel like the pacing for this one was a little slower than normal. Yeah. But it worked. And I like the twist on the house's pitting against each other thing mm. that we haven't seen before. Like, I, I thought it was good. Yeah, it was interesting. So um, we start off and we are hashtag blessed because we get the morning after between Gallo and Violet. Except it's not even technically the morning after the hookup we saw. It's the morning after the second hookup we saw. Or they had. Swagger Gallo for life. And we get a shirtless Gallo. Like, we're just hashtag blessed. Our little cinnamon rolls got some game. I love him. I, I, I love him so much. Same. Same. He's just, <coughs> he's the best. He's the best. And I feel like every Gallo portion of this podcast from now on out is just going to be us being like, he's the best. He's so cute. Oh, my God. It's, I, I, I love him. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's adorable. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Morning after round two, because, again, Gallo, game. He needs to give Casey lessons. Um, and like a total gentleman, he offers to drive her home because that's Gallo. Gallo is a gentleman. Right. I yeah, I I just love him. Like again, I, there's nothing else to say. I just love him. Pure sunshine. Yeah, just the best. So, Gallo mentions that he's running the South Chicago Classic Half Marathon this coming weekend. Um, see, he he is a gentleman. He offers to ride his date or bring his date home. He runs marathons. I'm sure he like volunteers at an animal shelter in his free time. Like he probably likes long probably. walks on the beach. He's perfect. <laughs> Literally perfect. Literally perfect, yeah. And so uh, over at 20, um, Violet and Gallo run into each other in the kitchen. 
And again, just swaggerello, he's just like, oh, two dates and we're already moving in together. And she's just like, oh, God. But like, swaggerello, it's the freaking best. They also just have the most amazing, like, flirty banter. Like, they it really do. It, it's so good. Oh, man. So good. It's so, so good. It's so good. Um, I also about died when 51 rolled up to 20 and you see everybody looking at each other and everybody's pissed except for Gallo. Gallo's got the biggest smile on his face because you know he's thinking of all the different places in that firehouse where he's going to get laid. I know. It, and, and he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, man. And he does. He's been a like series regular for two episodes and he's just like making the best of it. It's so good. It's really the best. It's so good. Yeah. And so later on, Violet's pissy because Gallo's on the treadmill and she wants it. And turns out they're both running the half marathon. So the best way to celebrate that, of course, is by having sexy time in the gym. Oh, my God. It's so, like, good, too. Because, like, he, like, gets off the treadmill and she, like, looks disappointed that, you know, because she thought it was going to be something more. And then he like goes over and locks the door and like she turns like her face turns into a smile and it's just like oh, i just i love them when i he, love them like when he locked that door though and he's like we shouldn't do this without the door locked oh my goodness <laughs> not casey could never <laughs> but actually though but actually though i don't even think Summerad could he's a game gallo has game mm-hmm. and it's amazing it's amazing it's amazing and so uh, towards the end, we get to the half marathon. We'll explain more why, like why later on. But he's running the marathon in full gear, and Violet is like right beside him. And Gallo's just like, you know, you don't have to stay with me. Like it's okay. And she's like, yeah, I know, but I feel like I should. And meanwhile, in front of the firehouse, everybody's got a big banner that says "Go Gallo, Go." And ugh. we love a supportive squad. They are such a family, and it just makes my heart like want to burst into like glitter and rainbows. But actually, though, I know I've said that a lot, but like, it's true. But actually, though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, what is Violet and Gallo's ship name? Oh, shit. Um, not, Vilo doesn't really make sense. Well, Vilo. Yeah, because Gallet doesn't really flow off the tongue. I think Vilo. 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 Okay. Yeah. So like V-I-O-L-L-O. Wait, V-I... Viol that's Violo. No, but she probably spells it V I O L E T, right? Right, but you would just say V I L O, like Vilo. Because otherwise you would pronounce it Violo. I guess that works. Okay. Vilo. It's official. That's their ship name, Vilo. You heard it here first, people. You heard it here first. Yes. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. They're precious. Yes. They're precious. I just, yeah, and I. She's recurring, right? So she's going to stick around? As far as I know, yeah. And um, was it before we started recording that you were telling me that she was on FBI? Yeah, I was looking her up on IMDb. She's only been in, like, four things ever. Um, and, like, mostly just, like, one-off episodes. She was in an episode of FBI. I think she was on that show called The Bull. The Bull? Bull? That was on a, CBS? Yeah, that was a CBS show. My still uh, on. I don't know if it is. I don't think it is. Um but, yeah, she's only been in, like, four things ever. So, she's very new. Interesting. Hmm. Brian, yeah. will you take us through the uh, 51 versus 20 mess? Yes. So bad. So, basically, but I like, the, again, we've had them, we've seen them, like, go house to house a couple different times. But I felt like this one was different. Yeah. Um, 
So I like the tw- little twist. Um, basically, everyone's still complaining about the overlap that they now have with 20. Because if you remember from last week, they like now share some like overlap boundaries with 20. And so everyone's still complaining that like, especially because 20 is getting, I guess, out to calls faster. So that means they essentially just like turn around and Herman's like, yeah, we're using the turn signals more than our tools. But Bowden has no sympathy for them. He's like, suck it up, stick with it. Like, there's not really anything we can do. So we go into the common room. Match feels something bite him. And he's like, at first he's like, oh, is it mosquitoes? And then he like, he's like, no, I think it's just fleas from Tuesday. And, you know like mouch you're jumping into conclusions you don't know what's fleas don't you don't know what's fleas. sweet girl right flea shaming her mm-hmm. that's what <laughs> flea shaming um and so basically they all get called to this like two-car mva 81's on the scene first and they like get to working on getting the couple that's in one of the cars out of the fire because it's like on fire so they're working on getting them out and 20 finally shows up and Captain Delaney tries to take over, but Casey's not having it. So Casey, like, even starts using his angry voice, so you know Delaney done fucked up. Like, you, you know the voice. It's bad. You know the angry voice. You know the voice. Yeah. You know it's bad. Yeah. And, like, he argues even later to Bowden later on that, like, Delaney delaying the action ultimately because the guy in the car ends up dying. And he argues to Bowden later that, like, Delaney wanting to fight him on who's in charge is like what caused the guy to die. He was like, Casey even says, he's like, you know, we're in the middle of a rescue with two lives on the line. Like, who gives a damn about jurisdiction? But actually, though, plus the rule, even like, I even know this, like, the rule from, or at least on fire, I don't know if this is the rule in real life, but like, whoever's on the scene first, that's who's in charge. Right. Like, that's always how it's been. But Delaney thinks because Bowden wasn't there, he could like mess with Casey and. Casey wasn't having any of that shit. Mm-hmm. So, as it turns out, like I said, it was not fleas. It's bed bugs. So, 51 has to go bunk with who else? But Firehouse 20. It's a mess. Yeah. So, they get to 20. And Bowden has this, like, meeting of the minds with Severide, Casey, and Delaney. To basically just remind everyone of the rules, you know, this is how things go. And Delaney stays back, and he and Bowden are talking, and basically he complains to Bowden. This made about me so mad. Yeah, it's like, who the fuck do you think you are, Delaney? Like, who the fuck do you actually think you are? It's the worst. And, like, the way he calls, C- he, he basically calls Casey and Severide young and cocky, like, what? Right, he's like, these young firefighters, blah, 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 blah. It's just like, get out of here. But then that's Get not out. even the worst. The worst is that he tries to gaslight Bowden into thinking that he's playing favorites. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. Although I will say, this is something we've never talked about before and they've never really addressed that I thought was interesting. The battalion chief is based, like, so Bowden is a battalion chief. And mm-hmm. so he's based out of 51, but he resides over the entire battalion, meaning he has pull and like he resides over 20 and other firehouses presumably so does that mean delaney reports to bowden right that's why i'm confused and why i we literally they've never mentioned that ever and i'm like what huh that is interesting i yeah i just so it's just like oh okay mm-hmm. and that was his point he's like i know you reside at 51 but like 
you know, you're kind of playing favorites. And it's like, huh? Yeah, and he's been the battalion chief for a while, too, but I never thought about that. He's been the battalion chief as long as we've known him. Because I would think then if he, I would think that he's above, if he's above Delaney, then I would think that there would be another chief at 51. And, like, there would be, like, he would be above that chief. Right. I don't know. Hmm. As who knew. But so, the girls, though, are also reunited with Captain Leone, who you might, might remember they had issues with from their all-female lounge. Which I didn't remember until they showed, like, the montage or whatever that she was from Firehouse 20. Mm-hmm. But that was, like, a nice little callback. <laughs> and so Captain Leone, however, like, welcomes them with open arms. But, of course, they're skeptical to believe her based on how she was over at 51. <laughs> so the 51 has their trucks parked outside of 20. And Delaney asks them to move their trucks across the street. And everyone's just like, what the fuck? Like... <laughs> what and Herman like calls him out of course because it's Herman and Herman's like maybe you should stop worrying about getting your picture in the paper and focus more on saving lives and so then Delaney fights back and he places the blame on them not saving the guy's life from that earlier MVA on 51 and Casey is pissed I love how like Casey just had to think about stepping towards the guy and Severide immediately was like, we're not doing that. Nope. Nope. Yeah. But I love to, like, I love an angered Casey. He's like, you think you could have done better? You think you could have saved him? Like, I love angered Casey. Casey was very mad this episode. So mad. But of course, like, Bowden now has to step out to this, like, ill-timed seminar and is leaving Delaney in charge. And so everyone's like, oh, great. Just great. So again, we go back to the girls and Leone, and it's lunchtime. And the girls think Leone is poisoning them because she saved them all these special places of lasagna, pieces of lasagna. And Brett's like, maybe, like, maybe she didn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Stella and Foster are like, yeah, no, we're not eating this. No. <laughs> So, Breck gets good news about the woman from the MVA that they saved, and she goes to share it with Casey. And she says to him, she's like, you know, one of the first things that you learn at the Academy is that you get the victim to the hospital as best you can and you don't look back. That it's the only way to survive mentally. But as soon as I started at 51, I noticed that nobody follows the rules here, especially you. Especially you, you follow up, you do more whenever you can. Like, nobody follows the rules. Is she talking about med? Right. Like, I, but I also love how, like, here she's celebrating that. And, like, at med, we're, like, chastising them. We're like, mm, mm, no, no, that's not how, no, no, no. But here I'm like, yeah, that's true. And that's what makes Casey so great. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, like oh, I agree completely. Casey, you're so cute. <laughs> right. And at med, I'm like, nope, nope, Natalie. Nope, bad, bad, Natalie. <laughs> bad will. This scene was so awkward but also like so perfectly brett and casey i loved it i i loved it they both get so awkward when they talk to each other i know but in like an adorable way yeah yeah Uh, yeah i mean i didn't hate it that's for sure no but so 
all of 50 and all of 20 get called to this like massive fire at a dry cleaners. And there's so much that happens. And I've watched it a couple of times and I still don't really think I get what actually happened in the middle of this fire. Um, Did you get major season finale vibes though? Oh yeah. It like killed me. Yeah. And the, the call like dragged on for a long time too. And that was even worse. It was like 15 minutes or I mean, it was like a long ass time. It was a really long call. That's what I'm saying. There's like so much that happens and I've like watched it and it's like all dark and you can't really make out who's who. And so I'm like, I think this is what happens. Basically, like at one point, Squad finds a room of chemicals, which is like a massive yikes because, you know, that can never be good. And then like Casey can't find Gallo at one point, which is like even more of a massive yikes because like Gallo. Not cool. No. And at one point, like, 20's crew is, like, boxed in, and, like, 81 is boxed in, too. And so, of course, like, after Delaney calls over the radio that, like, 20's boxed in, there's, like, a massive explosion that happens. It's just, like, so much tension happens. (coughs) And so, luckily, though, everyone makes it out alive. And everyone clearly has, like, a newfound respect for each other after this, because, you know, this kind of stuff brings people together. I got scared that they were going to kill somebody from 20. Yeah, that would have been bad. That would have been really bad. But glad they didn't. But also, can we put, like, find my phone on Gallo's phone? Can we have a a way to track him at all times so we don't lose track of him? I know. Like, Gallo. Let's just, like, never not be able to find him again. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye. Like, just protect at all costs. And even Violet was getting worried, too, when Casey was like, I can't find him. Well, no, and then, so this happens before the, like, run stuff, and it's just, like, clearly that changed her mind, and she's like, no, like, you know, I want to stay back, and it's just, like, I love them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need her to stick around for forever. Okay, thanks. Okay, thanks. She makes them happy, and that makes us happy. Yeah. Yeah, whatever Gallo wants, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, shifts over. Herman and Stella return to the Herman house. As it turns out, an antique chair that Cindy bought was invest- invested I didn't spell that right in that line. Infested with bed bugs. <laughs> I mean, invested is kind of along the same lines. And yeah. So basically, it wasn't Herman bringing them to his house from 51. Herman brought them to 51 from his house. So it's all Herman's fault. Mouch apologizing to Tuesday for the flea shaming, though. Oh, my God. And my favorite part, too, was when they first, like, get Bowden's like, yeah, you know, like, we can't stay here for the rest of the shift. Herman's like... You know, Chief, Molly's is always open. And it's just like, lol of them, like, camping out at Molly's when they're on shift. It's just like, the thought of that is hysterical. I would pay good money to be there, though, not gonna lie. Oh, yeah, it'd be amazing. It would be amazing, yes. But um, And then basically it ends with Leonie shows up at 51 during the half marathon because 51 invited 20 to come watch with them. And basically confirms, like, she was fucking with the girls while they were at 20. It's like, payback. And she's like, oh, okay. Psychological cool. warfare. I love that so much. So good. I know, I know. But yeah. I like died when Mouch was like Tuesday, like I'm really sorry. And (sighs) she just immediately like jumped up and just kissed him. I was like, dogs are the best. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. So cute. It's funny. I'm glad all's well that ends well. But like also can we not with twenty anymore? Are we done? Yeah. I I don't know, because they're still overlapping technically. Hmm. Hmm. So I'm sure they'll pop up at some point. Yeah. So Bowden had a little something going on as well. He had a B story that was actually really heartbreaking. So in the middle of all this drama, Bowden has a seminar. He's like, I don't really know why I'm getting called to this, like whatever. And so before it starts, he runs into an old student of his from the academy. This guy's name is Mike Buckley. 
And so I got the feeling that Bowden like didn't quite remember him and then was like, oh, you had the fastest mile in full gear. Got it. Um, but it turns out that Mike is a speaker at the seminar and his story is just heartbreaking. And so he starts off and he's talking about, you know, the biggest threat to health and safety of firefighters today. It's not a raging fire. It's not dangerous rescue attempts or the mystery casserole the previous ship left in the fridge. At this point, I'm thinking, like, are they going mental health? Because that's fantastic if they're going to address that. And then Mike comes out with it and he's like, it's cancer. And so we learn that Mike was diagnosed with cancer. He has about six months left to live. And in case you missed it on Wolf Entertainment's social media, this story was inspired by Chief Brian Frieders of the Firefighters Cancer Support Network. This is a real group in Chicago. Um, I checked out their website, but then I got interrupted because real life. Um, but it's, it's, it's real. And so I'm really glad that they highlighted this and just kind of gave a voice to a worthy cause. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. So when everybody returns from the dry cleaner fire... Bowden mentions the new operational procedures and he sits everybody down and they all sit in a circle and they're like scrubbing their gear and they're going through the standard operating procedure. And so it's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And that's something I'd want to do a little bit more research into. Cause again, it's, it's, it's shining a light into what firefighters deal with in real life and something that we should all be aware of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So Bowden invites Mike to the half marathon because they have a surprise for him. And it's Gallo running in full gear as a way to honor Mike. Just so sweet. I love that. I know. I love it. Go Gallo, go. Our precious little bean. My heart. You know. He's just so yeah. awesome. Yeah, literally the best. Literally, yeah, literally. Also, his book club, like, they read, like, classics, too. I need to get on that. These are books that I'm like, ooh, I need to read that. I know. We really need to, like, the next time they start, like, a new one, we need to actually read it. Yeah, we need to get up on that. Oh, my God. Yeah, we should do, we should totally do, like, a bonus episode of Her Sunday Reads, and then, yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Again, this is us planning the podcast so you guys can hear everything we do. <laughs> yeah, this is our text in real life. Yeah, this is, this is, this is our text messages live. <laughs> any other notes about fire no just a solid episode solid episode yeah very solid um i liked that they had a call like a season finale level call in the middle of the season yeah that was that was awesome that was awesome and very stressful so yeah awesome but, but not, not awesome, awesome. but uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah so moving into pd okay so I don't know why they felt the need to start the recap with Jay getting shot. Like, we're just starting to get over it now. They had to start it with that for some odd reason. Like, no, thank you. Can we not? Whatever. I don't know. So we broke this down into three. We have the case. We have Berzik. And then we have Kevin and Jordan. This was like a Berzik water episode. I know. The best. I love it. Give me more of that. Yes. Yes. Because the Berzik waters are the best. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Kim and Adam are coming back from getting coffee. More about that later. Don't worry. There is a Berzik baby elephant in the room. Oh, we will address it. Don't you worry. So on the way home from coffee, Kim and Adam hear screams and gunshots. So they race over to investigate. All they find are the windows smashed in and a guy like pinned under a table. This is a brewery basically where this has happened. And so there's like a giant tower of sorts in this restaurant or brewery, whatever it is. 
and it's teeter-tottering, so it's definitely wanting to fall. And so this guy is pinned under the table, and Adam, like, always subconsciously protects Kim and absolutely kills me when he does so. And so he's, like, trying to get him out from underneath, but then he holds out his hand, and he's, like, no, like, trying to protect Kim, because, again, he likes to just, like, kill me with feelings. Um, but Kim eventually, like, comes in, and they basically get him out before the tower falls on all three of them. Man. So all Crazy. This- yeah, all this guy tells him is that some guy ran into a shop, started shooting, yelling, yelling racial things. And so back at the district, they break down what they know. So this is all going down in Canaryville. So there's been like three robberies in seven days. The first two places were still under construction. Um, third wasn't open yet. So it's more so about damage than profit. And so I do love the banter that goes on in the bullpen between Jay and Adam because friendly reminder, in case you forgot... Adam's mom is from Canaryville, and Jay grew up in Canaryville. But Adam grew up there, didn't he? I think so. I think, I think if I remember correctly, Adam's dad is from Beverly. Adam's mom is from Canaryville. So I think the question of that comes down to who he lived with growing up or when his parents got divorced. Right. right. But yeah. it sure seems like, and it seems like Ruzik is more rooted in the community than Jay was. Right, because there he knows all the stuff, the local bar thing. Yeah, yeah, that's why I asked. I'm dying to know if those two went to high school together. <sighs> Headcanon, man. I know, and I know we talked about this before, but, like, really, I'm dying to know. I thought about it again today, too, when I was rewatching. I was like, they have to have. Have to. Because, I mean, Patty and Jesse are, like, literally the same age. Right. Yeah. I just... If they were to drop a nugget in the in the bullpen and like Jay were to be like, well, in high school you were this, I would die. Like I would love it. PD writers, if you're listening, did Adam make some and Jay dreams go to come high true? Together? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's an important question. <laughs> we need to know. Um, so Ruzik and Upton they go to one of the other robbery sites and they basically get a call while they're there about another one in progress. And so. Ruzik follows one of the offenders who's still there and he basically sees a bystander like beating him up and trying to hijack his car. And so the offender gets away while Ruzik is telling the bystander to drop the gun. It's basically just chaos. Like it's a lot of chaos Mm -hmm. for Adam this episode. So the bystander turns out his name is Nick and he's like, okay, well, whatever. I'll help bring this guy down. It's crazy. So back at the district, they have a guy that was a white male. He's around 19 or 20. Kevin comes back. They got one shot of the SUV that the guy left in. And Ruzik spots a bumper sticker that is from a locals-only bar in Canaryville. Again, it seems like Adam is way more rooted in the community than Jay. So right, exactly. They show up to the locals-only bar. They're not happy to see Ruzik. They know him, which, okay, interesting. And so Ruzik tells the guy that they're looking for the owner of a black SUV and I guess Canaryville is one of those neighborhoods where, like, they cover for each other. And so one of the guys is like, well, I've never seen a black SUV. And Adam's like, well, yeah, you should probably get out more. Literally the best. Like, so good. Right. I love that line. But also, like, again, it's it's this is interesting to me because, I mean, there's no way that Jay was an angel in high school. Right. Like, there's no way. Yeah. No. And I feel no. like, I feel, and I mean, we've, we've talked about this for like years and years, but I feel like Jay probably went into the military, maybe like his senior year of high school at like the earliest. Yeah. Well, no, you can't, you have to be 18. 
So he probably turned 18 his senior year. Yeah, but I just assume he finished high school and, like, went, at least. So, like, he was around Canaryville in his high school years, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. But, like, there's no way he was an angel. He probably got in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, probably. Definitely. Just, I need to know these things. I just, the white space, I like to fill it in, you know. Mm -hmm. The huge. So, Ruzik pulls the guy's security footage. He finds out the SV, or the SVU. Don't you might be a shy hard if um, <laughs> finds out that the SUV eh, belongs to a Ben Wilcom and Ben reported the SVU stolen three weeks ago. He's probably just trying to be smart. Voight still wants them to try and get Ben and wants somebody to talk to Nick to see if he'll ID the guy. This is probably the point of the episode where I completely lost the case and was like, I don't know what's happening. Cool. Yeah. I was like, I don't care about this case. Give yeah. me Bersick. No, give me Bersick. Yeah. So. Burzik goes to talk to Nick, but once he sees the lineup of guys, like, he kind of clams up, and he's, like, it's really clear he's lying, but he's just, like, no, and he just says, he's, like, I didn't know the kid was local, like, my loyalty's to my home, my neighborhood, I'm not gonna help you. Okay, whatever. So, Voight has them bring Nick in to hopefully change his mind on speaking, but we also get Patty in blue pad, or bleh, bleh, Paddy in blue plaid, that's a tongue twister! It is, but Patty in blue plaid is a uh-huh. look. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? Patty in blue plaid. <laughs> Patty in blue plaid. Red Patty in blue pad. It doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> Patty in that scene is, in the rest of the episode, is a look. Yeah, and uh, this, I guess this is the episode when they were filming all that behind-the-scenes stuff we saw over hiatus when um, they were, like, filming yeah. the locker room and Jesse was like, Kate, you're pregnant? Yeah, but... Patty in blue plaid is a look. It's, it's, uh, yeah. A, I mean, a look. Patty in any plaid really is, is, is the best. Although I feel like the blue plaid is pretty great, but nothing will top that yellow plaid. Yeah, it's like yellow and then blue. Yeah, nothing will and top the yellow. plaid. Yeah. Just because I still, to this day, remember that episode when he walked into that crime scene looking like Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> you know the episode. Yeah, well, I know. And the brown pants. I know. And the brown pants, yeah. And, like, the, the fur coat that had, like, the not the collar, but, like, the hood had, like, fur on it. And so he literally just strolled up to that crime scene looking like Lenny Kravitz. It was the best. Never forget. The best. Iconic. Mm-hmm. Iconic. Mm-hmm. So the ranking of Patty and Plaid officially is number one yellow, number two blue. Everything else. Yeah, everything else is three and on. <laughs> so yeah. they end up getting Nick to turn. He commits, or he commits, confirms that, you know, it was indeed Ben. So intelligence rolls up to Ben's place. Burgess corners Ben, and he orders she he she. Are we just getting to the point of the episode where we're just getting tired now? Like what's going on? So mm-hmm. Burgess corners Ben, and she tells everybody to stand down. She's like, "I've got this. We're good. We're just talking. Like it's cool." And Adam kind of goes like full Doctor Choi and just interprets that as like do the complete opposite and storm in and shoot. Not. Not the best moment for Adam, but it's really unfortunate. Like he does, he does end up shooting Ben, which sucks. But also, like he had to because like the guy was pointing the gun at him. So it's unfortunate, but it's also like double unfortunate because Adam definitely escalated that situation, and it didn't need to escalate. Yeah, like I, I understand why in the situation Adam did what he did, and I think what Adam did in the situation that he put himself in was right. He didn't need to show up in the first place, though. 
No. Because Burr just definitely had it handled. Yes. But, like, he already did. And so then, like, what happened and unfolded, I think Adam made the right move, but Adam did not need to undercut Burgess. Does he do that if she's not pregnant? No. I think if they're if they're dating, maybe like if it's like season two, season three. I, but I think he hesitates. I think he hesitates. I think he hesitates regardless. Like I think he gives it a full on like moment to like think about it. Like oh crap, because he loves her. Yeah, there's no denying that Adam yeah. loves Burgess, but I don't think he ultimately goes in. Yeah, that's true. He, he you know he lets her just kind of do her thing, but yeah, right, like true. I think he freaks out for a moment and like gives her like truly thinks about it. But, like, I don't think he ultimately does. Yeah. Yeah. So they end up figuring out that the other offender is Ben's dad, Martin. Again, all these, like, details and characters going everywhere. So I think Martin filed for bankruptcy two months ago, blames the demise of the neighborhood on the new businesses coming in. So they go to Martin's place. They find Nick just, like, beaten to a pulp. He says that he came to apologize, and Martin just started beating him. Which is so stupid. You apologize for turning in the kid, the guy's son. Like, duh, he's going to beat you up. Yeah, Sorry. you were pretty much yeah. definitely going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. 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 So they track Martin down to a local park, and he's got a gun. And once he finds out that Ben is dead, tries to kill himself. But Haley, our little ninja, comes out of nowhere and disarms him and stops that from happening. And so... End of case. End of case. End of case. I did love how when they were about to leave, Jay was like, I heard you had a cool disarm. And she was like, yeah, want the details? And he's like, I'm going crazy. Just. I loved it. I love it. Little upset moment. Just little, little tease. I loved little it. Bitty. Yeah. Um, people also pointed out that there was a moment where Jay like sat on Haley's desk. And so we were just like, we'll just take all the little upstead bits that we can get. He did? I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice it either, but um, I, I believe on Twitter it was referred to as Upstead Breadcrumbs. I mean, yeah, I guess so. It. Not to make yeah. another Crazy Ex-Girlfriend reference, but it's like Love Kernels. Yeah. Oh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that show. But Yeah, me too. So that's the case. Um, I mean, just a solid... You know, solid case, and I um, I love that it we had a, an Adam episode. I feel like we never get ep- episodes that are like solely Adam episodes. Yeah, this was a good one. Mm-hmm. It was. It was very. very I mean, good. I don't care about the case, but yeah. Uh, do we ever care about the case, though? Eh, depends. If there's nothing really going on, but recently there's been a lot of actual personal stuff going on. So. Yeah. 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 This is what has been driving me up a wall on FBI because again, I mean, these are both Dick Wolf shows, so I can just like compare and contrast but fbi is like probably about like 98 percent case and then like two percent personal yeah well pd was like that i'd say like seasons five and six yeah i'd agree and it's really season seven that we've like gotten to actually get like personal again it's like oh the end of season five was case heavy but i loved the end of season five because the case involved our people Yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Fair I mean, point. I guess you could say that partially about, like, the end of season six as well. Yeah, but the end of season six was just so messy. It still makes me Because of the Antonio stuff. Yeah, it was just so messy. There was, a, there was a rerun of that episode on probably, like, a week or two ago, and I was blowing up our group text. I was like, I hate this! <laughs> like, fuck this, this from that! Sucks. Yeah. Just still not over it. I will. I was like having a conversation with my brother 
whatever, recently-ish, I guess after the People stuff came out. Because, like, my brother knows that about the podcast, but he's never really paid any attention until we got into People magazine. Because, like, duh, of course. <laughs> and he, like, he was like, how can I listen? So I, like, told him how to listen. He was like, you had over 100 episodes? And I was like, yeah, like, that's what happens when you do, like, once a week or three times a week for, you know, two years, two years whatever. And I was like, yeah, we do, like, emergency episodes and whatever. And he was like, emergency episodes. And I, like, thought back about that moment, how, like, on a Friday night, we found out that news. And then we had to record on a Saturday, Saturday after. Morning. It was just like, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, oh, the things we do. But yeah, I just like thought about that recently because I was telling my brother about it. And I was like, oh my God. That was funny too, because I was definitely not in one Chicago mode. I was in like, obviously we all know that like I'm weird about my sports and gymnastics is one of them. I was in full on gymnastics mode that weekend. And I had a friend staying with me from England who like does not watch TV. And so I was trying to explain to her, I'm like, listen, like I have to do this. I'm really sorry. Like, I, I know you don't know what's going on, but just like give me like 30 minutes and I'll just get this done. And she was like, all right, Okay. Yeah, you had, like, friends in, yeah, you had friends in town, didn't you? I did, yeah. And I, I was at yeah. a meet when that story broke. And so I'm, like, trying to, like, pay attention, but also, like, tweet and, yeah. Yeah, that was a, yeah. The life of a yeah. podcaster, y'all. Yeah. It's the best, though. It's <laughs> Never best. forget. Never forget. No, just fun times, fun times. Um, a couple who was not having fun times in this episode would be our sweet, precious Berzix. Oh, man. I know. Berzix so Burgess calls Ruzik to meet about the baby and like holy shit it's the sonogram holy shit Kim heard the heartbeat and then Adam goes and says that's definitely our baby which every time I hear that I get like emotional because I'm like oh my god our babies are having a baby I know it's like this episode made it real like it's like really happening oh like up until now I'm like maybe they'll back out like maybe they won't actually go there you know whatever like no this is like happening I feel like with this episode, we officially hit the point of no return. Yeah. As in, like, follow yeah. through. Because you even mentioned it in last night. You were like... Go ahead. No, you froze. What did you say? Oh, I was going to say, no, you mentioned in our text last night that you were like, yeah, I feel like this is the point of no return. Like, if they do something to the baby now afterwards, it's going to be like, I'm never going to forgive them. No, really, yeah. If they do something to the baby now, it's going to be, like, pitchforks and, like, riots and, like, not riots, but just angry tweeting. Yeah. But it would it would be, like, a Dossie-level cop-out, I would say, at this point. Yeah, well, I feel like even beyond this point, it's, like, almost worse. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because Dossie, at this point, like, had the miscarriage. Like, they never really got that far. Right, and, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and... I think they know, I feel like the powers that be at PD, like, they know that with that first episode, all of us were like, this isn't going to happen. And so the more they go along with it, the more we're buying into it. And so at this point, pulling the plug on that would just be not cool. Right. And I feel like they know that, like, we haven't had Berzik in, like, three seasons. And the fact that they're giving us Berzik and, like, this level of Berzik is, like, like it, it would be a touchy subject for fans. Like, I don't think they recover maybe they would but like it it would not go well no i mean i at this point this storyline has gone far enough that it it deserves a certain level of respect that i really hope the creative powers honor yeah so yeah hmm. so we do have the moment in the restaurant slash brewery where adam like protects kim from falling over the tower or whatever and just adorable i like there's still that promo picture to this day from, like, years ago where they're, like, walking in somewhere with their guns drawn and Adam, like, has his hand out. Do you know the one I'm talking about? hmm I die every time I see it because 
to me, like, it's just totally subconscious. Like, he doesn't even realize he's doing it. It's just that when Kim's involved, he's always, like, wanting to protect her. They kill me. 100%. They kill me. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So as they're, uh, Burgess and Atwater are walking away from the scene, and Burgess, or Ruzik's like, or not Ruzik, Atwater, sorry, I'm, like, getting everybody wrong, but Atwater's like, how did you patch this with Ruzik? And Burgess just doesn't even think about it, and she's out with it. She's like, I had a doctor's appointment. I'm pregnant. And Atwater's face is like, you're pregnant. Okay. And, like, he just kind of, like, like, it's Ruzik's? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, it's Ruzik's? And she's like, yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like, and uh, maybe, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll hang on to that thought until we get further into Burzik and their lack of communication. But um, they're about to leave the 21st later on, and Burgess pulls Ruzik aside, and she just says, she's like, I told Kev. And so Ruzik's like, well, you know, Ruzik asks, he's like, so what are we? And then it's like, no, I mean, you, what are you going to tell Void? And she's like, yeah, I haven't really thought about it. And so he basically questions why she won't tell him. And then at that moment, she just pushes him away. And this is like, this is where it gets really frustrating because the minute that Adam tries to suggest something or tries to say something to help her, she immediately is just like, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to figure it out for myself. She, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say that like all of their issues are pinned on her. I mean, it's definitely equally both of them. But she can't push him away and expect this to work. No. Yeah, I think she's just so confused. Like, she doesn't know what's happening. She doesn't know really what she wants. Like, there's just a lot of change in her life happening at once. And I think it's just thrown her for a loop. Oh, 100%. But but I agree. But I agree. But this is such a messy subject, too, right? Because, I mean, I mean, it's a baby, right? It's It's... You know, but it's it's not change. It's she's not the only life that's going to be changed by this. But at the same time, she is the one who has to put her life on hold and put her career on hold. And later on, when she tells him that I have to hope and pray my career is there when I get back, that is a hundred percent true. Right? Yeah. So it's just so it, it's weird territory that we're in, basically. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Later on, we are so hashtag blessed with a ruse water bonding moment. I don't know what oh, we God. did to deserve this, but thank you. It had to happen. Like, yes. if it hadn't happened, I'd be pissed. Oh, my God. Yes. So, Ruzik opens up, and he's just like, we're so out of sync. And then he goes into this whole thing about, like, zigging and zagging. And I'm like, I, I spent the whole, like, scene trying to think of a Spice Girls joke in there, because, like, there had to be one. But... He's basically like, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to zig or zag. He's like, I'm trying to do the right thing. I clearly don't know the right thing. And Kevin just, like, sets him straight. And it's just perfect. It's perfect, you know. So he just says, he's like, you know that fatherhood's not a joke because your dad did it right. So just be there. Like, no long distance. No every other weekend. Just be in it and you'll be good. Yeah. Kevin and his pearls of wisdom. Yeah. And especially juxtaposed with the situation he's in. It's just like... Uncle yeah. Kevin is going to be the best Kevin. I'm so excited. The same so way excited. that Adam is going to be a great father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I also loved how Kevin was like, are you guys together? And Ruzik was like, if we were together, you'd be the first to know. Bros. <laughs> Bro TP. Literally the best friendship on the show. For real. For real. It is so funny when the early seasons rerun on like the local stations and stuff because Ruzik and Atwater were like such strangers. But yet, Ruzik was going to have Kevin be his best man. 
I know, I know. Um, the episode Crazy. was on the other day from like season one when Ruzik was like, what's going on with Burgess? And Atwater was like, you need to stay away with her. Like you're messing with her head too much. Just look how far we've come. We've come so far. And now they're bros. They're besties. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. But I mean, I get where Kim is coming from, but I also get where Adam's coming from. Yeah, no, definitely. A hundred percent. And we'll yeah. talk about this. Yeah. In a second, but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and I, I feel bad for Adam because it's like, he's like damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. But also, I mean, it's just the type of situation that it's inherently messy. There's nothing anybody can do. Yeah, definitely. So later on, when they get to Ben's house, Burgess corners him. She thinks she has everything under control. She's going to get him to put his gun down. So she radios everybody. She's like, stand down. Like, don't worry. Obviously, that whole scene. Yeah. That whole scene. Yeah. So Ruzik doesn't listen, shoots Ben, kills him, you know, whatever. Oh, my God, this Berzik fight is so bad. Like, it's bad. Mm-hmm. This Berzik fight, like, totally, up until this moment, I was like, oh, my God, Berzik, like, they're working it out. It's so great. And then they had this fight, and I was like, oh, God, I no, I don't want it anymore. Like, stop it. This hurts. It was bad. It was really bad. It was really, really bad. Um, <laughs> should we do, like, we did that deleted scene and act this out? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to be Burgess or Ruzik? Um, I can be Burgess. Okay, go ahead. You came in because I'm pregnant. I totally get it. I just don't like what I'm getting. You want to tiptoe around this? Fine. But things are different now. You're pregnant with my kid. My kid. If that pisses you off, I don't really care. Adam, I don't want your help. I know that you're the father, but I'm the one having the baby. I'm the one who has to change her whole life. I'm the one who has to put her career on hold. And I have to hope and pray that it's still there when I get back. And scene. And scene. <laughs> That's fun. I love her little acting moments. I know. It's so it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Um, <laughs> what Adam said in this moment, though, like, oh, it made me so angry. It made me angry, but, like, I understand where he's coming from. Like we said, like, it's coming from a place that I get. He just didn't use the right words. Oh, not at all. But when he said he's like, you're pregnant with my kid, like my kid, that's being possessive as fuck. Stop that. But I think his point was that it's like my kid too. And I think if he had just thrown the word two in there, it's not as big of a deal. See, and I, I feel like he doesn't get to play that card. But he does. And this is, it's so tricky because like he does and he doesn't. Because yeah, it is, it is also his kid. But also... Kim's got a point that they're not together. Right. But it also, like, Adam has a point that, like, it's his kid, too. And so, like, when it comes to her doing a physical job that could harm her, harm their kid, like, Adam should get a say in that. Yeah. But yet it's Burgess's body and Burgess's choice. And, you know, like, it's kind of that weird line of, like, oh, crap. For like, every single point, there's a counterpoint. Right. Right. And there's, like, no clear right person. Like, they're both right and they're both wrong. Right. Right. I mean, in that moment, I feel I, I really didn't like what Adam said. So when Kim responded back, I was like, yeah, OK, I'm, I'm kind of with Kim on this one. But again, both of them make completely, you know, valid points. This is uncharted territory for everyone. So, I mean, you know, but I feel like she made a totally valid point that she was like, I'm the one who has to put my career on hold and hope and pray that I get it when I come back. Because, I mean... For some odd reason, no matter how much we tell men about what females go through on a daily basis, it will never compute. I don't know why that is. It just won't. But Adam doesn't realize that, that it's totally different for women. 
Yeah. Which I don't blame him for not getting. He need you know, but like, yeah. It's just It's bad. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. But I mean Adam's saying like if that pisses you off, I don't really care. Like, oh no, I see why she got mad. I'd get really mad too. I'd be like, You don't get to talk to me about that. Like I don't really care if I'm carrying your kid. You don't get to talk to me like that. Ugh. Yeah. It's messy. So Everyone's on their way out for the night. Platt asks Burgess to stay back for a second, and she doesn't even say anything, and she just hands Kim a mug that says, Mom Cop. Mm. I love it. I love, like, I love feel like it. the best characters are the ones who, like, always know what, what's going on, like, don't need to be told. Yeah, Platt. Platt. For sure. On Suits, it was always Donna. Like, Donna just knew things, like, without people telling her. I love that. I love it. So, uh... Burgess, like, asked Platt, she's like, am I crazy? And Platt just says, maybe, but some of the best decisions we ever make start out as crazy, so go with your gut. And, I, I mean, that's that's Platt advice, pretty much. Yeah, and I love to have that, like, Burgess was like, okay, and so, like, she goes upstairs and talks to Voight, and, yeah. Oh, my God, awesome. that Voight moment. But, like, I love, too, like, you know, we don't even hear their conversation, but, like, he just stands up and pulls her in for a hug with a smile on his face. So we can just only assume that it was positive. And I just, like you said, yeah, I love that moment. It was a great moment. I got really scared when she, like, she went up to the bullpen. She put her stuff down. And they cut away from it. And I was like, you are not going to take us away. Like, you're not going to not give us this moment where Burgess tells Boyd, like, I want this. And they ended up coming back to it. But I was nervous when they cut away. I was like, no, no, do not deprive us of this. Yeah, it was probably better than we could have ever imagined, though. Yeah, yeah. It was perfect. And that, that Voight hug was very sweet. Yeah. He's happy for her. Like, he's happy for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and in next week's promo, it looked like she's, like, she's with Voight at one point. So, I mean, I don't think he's put her on desk duty just yet. I guess we'll see. We will see. We will see. So, Ruzik is at the end of the, this is like the last five minutes of the episode, Ruzik's waiting outside of Burgess's place for her when she gets back and she lets him inside to talk and just, whew. So right off the bat, out of Ruzik's mouth, he's like, I think we should get married. And I mean, I immediately knew that that was a bad idea and like disaster, but also I'm like, that is a very Adam way of trying to fix the problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Burgess is like, no, that's a terrible idea, which I agree. It's a terrible idea. It's terrible. Uh, but Adam sits down. And he's like, I'm just trying to be a good guy. And, and Kim's like, you are a good guy. Like, that's why I love you. But we're different. And we're not meant to be together. Not now. Not as husband and wife anyway. But we are meant to be family. I, I don't like this quote, though. And, like, everybody's kind of, like, harping on it. And they're saying, you know, like, we're not meant to be together, but we are meant to be family. I don't like that. Like, to me, that gives off the vibe of Kim just saying, like, I guess we're stuck together. Yeah, but if she means it, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't have as much of an issue with it. I just, I feel like she's, I don't think she's happy about the baby. I mean, I think she's, I, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to tell with her because, like, she doesn't seem happy that she's having the baby with Adam. I think she's happy that she's having a baby, but not with Adam. I think she just pictured it happening differently. Mm-hmm. Like, she probably thought she was going to be married and, you know, be in love and blah, blah, blah. Like, she don't think she probably expected it from a one-night stand. That's true. And so that's what I think. Right. I think that's why she's not. And, like, you know, not that, again, that she, she, clearly she loved Ruzik, but 
and she's not sure about him as like a romantic partner, but she's sure about him as a life partner and like someone she's willing to stick this out with. See, and this is the killer too, is that she's like, we're not meant to be together, blah, 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 whatever. I'm like, you just said, I love you. Right. But you know, there's different kinds of love. No, I do. I do. I feel like, I feel like Adam has really shown her that he has grown or Adam's trying to tell, like Adam's trying to show her that like he's matured, he's grown. He's not the same guy he was in season two and season three, but Burgess needs to give him the chance for her. Like Burgess needs to give him the chance to show her that. Right. It's like, she knows that because she's been with him this whole time, but like she doesn't know that when it relates to her. Right. Right. And I mean, when, when I talked to Marina, of course, she said that she was like, you know, like Ruzik has burned her so many times, but that was the past. Like, you can only hold on to that stuff for so long, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's in no way me just saying like, oh, she needs to get over it. No, but yes, she's, I don't know. I, I mean, she doesn't have to do anything. Of course, she can do whatever the hell she wants. She's a grown-ass woman. But she she needs to give Adam the chance to show her that he is a changed person. He's a different person. And I have no doubt in my mind he's going to be the most kick-ass dad. 100%. Marina even said that she doesn't doubt Ruzik's ability to be a dad. Yeah. Because why would you? Exactly. Like, Kim knows that he's going to be a good dad. I, I have feelings. I don't know. But, you know, of course, at the end, they say, like, you know, from now on, no matter what, we'll be in it together. And they, like, look at the sonogram, and I'm just trying to, like, live tweet this episode with, like, tears in my eyes. I'm, like, dying. It's just, it's emotional. Everything. Yeah. It's emotional. Yeah. So, uh, we did get a lot of emails and a lot of DMs about this. Um, we love when you guys blow up our inbox. We really do. Please do it more often because it makes us happy. So we got a DM from, or we got an email from Emily. Emily said, glad she said they were in it together though and meant to be family. So what are your thoughts on this? Is the door shut on a romantic relationship or should Berzik fans just be happy for them to be friends and co-parent? Uh, I don't want them to be friends and co-parent. I don't want to see Burgess date somebody else, but that is just me. She is entitled to do whatever the hell she wants. She's a grown-ass woman, and she needs to do what's best for her. I think we should be happy right now that they're friends and co-parenting, and they're actually, like, having scenes and, you know, like that. And I think if a romantic relationship eventually evolves from that, great. But I'm happy with just this, because it's just been so long. And maybe them working out a friendship and a, a, a way to co-parent, maybe that will lay the foundation for something later on. Yeah. Could be. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Haley said, I thought they did a really good job of showing us that he's matured and he's ready to be whatever Kim needs him to be. Yes, yes, amen, yes. But I feel like Kim almost doesn't want to realize it. Yeah. Kind of like we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, Haley. And this kind of segues into our next spot. So she said, don't hate me for my theory, but I'm going to say it. What if Jordan dies in the finale and Berzik named the baby Jordan in honor of Kevin? Don't make me cry. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, that, like, what if they named... Well, I, in my heart, I feel like the baby's still, like, Alexander or Alexandra to honor Alan Lexi. Like, that's, that's it. It's Alexander or Alexandra, one of the two. But then I was thinking middle names, and I was like, oh, man, if it's a boy, like... But Jordan works as a boy or a girl name. It does. That is true. Alexandra Jordan or Alexander Jordan. Or you go Jordan Alexander. 
Jordan oh Alexandra. Jordan Alexander Ruzik. Oh my god. <laughs> Jordan Alexander. Night shift reference. Oh, Boom. yes. <laughs> Boom. There it is. Oh. Baby yeah. Ruzik. I love it. I love it. I don't love what's going on with Jordan, but I love everything else. So last up, we've got Kevin and Jordan. This is still going on, and it's making me nervous. I know. I don't like the way we ended things either. It's 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 scaring me a little bit. Like I'm I'm really scared about where they're taking this. It's not no. Mm, not no. good. Will you take us through Kevin and Jordan? Yeah. So basically, Kevin shows up waiting for Jordan outside of I guess wherever Jordan's staying. Unclear. But Jordan's not happy to see him. And he's mad at Kevin still for throwing his girlfriend in jail because she murdered somebody. <laughs> you know. But Jordan's like, she's my family. And Kevin's like, since when? Like, I'm your family. And he's like, no, you're not. I don't know you. And it's just like, what? Jordan went there. Jordan went there. Where is this coming from? He's mad. Man. And so then Kevin gets a call and goes to visit Jordan at jail, which is where he's coming from visiting his girlfriend, you know, because she's in jail for murdering somebody. And Kevin even says, he's like, you know, she killed a guy. Like, you can't fix that. Like, you don't back that up. And Jordan ends up punching Kevin right in the mouth. Man. Uh, Wolf Entertainment's Twitter says that he actually got punched in that scene. Yeah. And he even, Jordan says, he's like, listen to me. Like, I don't want you. Like, I don't want you around. But then all we get at the end, like, our conclusion is, like, Kevin's again standing outside of, I guess, again, wherever Jordan's staying. And, like, Jordan returns home but, like, leaves the door open for Kevin as he follows him inside. So, like, so Kevin goes inside. Man. Uh, it's making me nervous. So nervous. I know. So nervous. Well, and plus in that very first scene, too, like, Kevin points out to Jordan. He's like, do you know how many felonies you committed? Like, do you know how many crimes I'm having to cover up for you? Right. Like, how many strings I had to pull? Yeah. Yeah. And that scares me because what if Kevin gets in too deep? He can't talk to Adam now that Adam's busy with the Berzig baby. Right, and we don't need Adam getting into shit anymore. We don't need like we Kevin getting week. into shit. Right, yeah, but Adam especially. Like, we've had two seasons in a row where Adam's been in legal stuff. Yeah. We don't need a third. No. So, but when yeah, I I hope that's not the end of, I mean, I hope that's the end of Jordan's stuff, because, like, I don't want Jordan anything to happen to him, but, like, it feels unsatisfying, so I feel like it's not. No, they can't just end it here. They've got. They've got to finish it out. There's got to be more to it. Yeah. But, like, what's the end game here? I don't know. Like, I feel like either Kevin or Jordan's going to get hurt. <sighs> don't say that. Don't jinx it. No, I know, but, I mean, this is not going to end well. I know. Kevin already I know. saved Jordan once. <sighs> I know. But it also kills me because Kevin has worked so hard to keep Jordan and Vanessa away from that life, and... It's almost like all of his hard work was for nothing. Yeah. Just, yeah. Please don't hurt Jordan. I know. Or Kevin. Please. Protect at all costs. Please. Please. Any other notes about PD? No, but I'm glad we finally got our Berserk Water episode. Yeah, I mean, this was a hell of an episode this was a doozy 
Yeah, so much happened. So, so much, much happened. happened. Also, thank God Jay is back. Yeah, just yeah, and alive. But like, just the, the, really alive. The same way that we always say on Med, where we're like, nobody's okay. Like, I feel that way about PD right now. Nobody is okay on PD. Except for Rojas. Rojas is great. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Other than that, no, no nobody's, nobody's okay. okay. It's a mess. It is a mess. So. And we'll see what happens next week because Upton's apparently going to go rogue. So who knows? That's always fun. Always fun. <laughs> always a blast. So, yeah. Overall, yeah, a solid night in one Chicago. So as always, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. I mean, you can't get rid of us even if you wanted to, which if you want to, we don't want to know. Don't tell us. <laughs> but yeah, just do it silently. Just do it silently. Yeah, we, we don't need to know that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's meet us at Molly's right across the board. Guys, email us about anything, anytime. Meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. We love nothing more than when our inbox blows up. It could be about anything. We're watching, we're always watching something different. We're always into something different. Um, I'm still really close to finishing Heart of Dixie. Season four, by the way, where Zoe is pregnant. So the Berzig baby is like not too far from what I'm watching right now. Um, what are you watching right now, Brenna? Oh, man. Um, Party of Five is like my current obsession. I'm obsessed. Um, All American comes back next week. The Bachelor. Yeah, Do lots not, of I'm good trouble came back. Like, three shows at once because of you, like just so you, you need. Know. To, I'm telling you, all American first. I know, I know, because it's current. I know, because it's current. But like, if you also wanted to start Party of Five, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, our group chat was talking about that. I heard that that's supposed to be like really. I, I've heard with the reboot, it's supposed to be really good. It's amazing. Noted. It's so good. Also, the bold so type comes back next week, and Station Nineteen. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And Grays, but I'm mad at Grays right now. So. Oh my god, Grays. Oh, what a mess. I'm so mad. Like, yeah, that's bad. So really mad. bad. But see, you could email yeah. us about Grays and we could vent with you. Yeah, I have, I have many feelings. It's bad. It's really bad. So, guys, if you like the show, which we really hope you do, please, 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 if you don't mind, please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes. We would so greatly appreciate that because it does help other shyhards find the pod. And if you think about it, with Peacock coming along, we're about to have a whole new crop of shyhards, which is actually kind of mm-hmm. the best. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, normal schedule going forward. And, you know, we've got a T Public store. Check that out. The link is on our Twitter page. And that's about it. So, Everybody have a good weekend, and we will see you next week. Bye.